episode 232 of the F-Reality Podcast. We like to bring it hot, even when you're not, or you've got a lot on your plate, like we do. Please, God, help me. Why didn't I use protection? Just kidding. Kids are great. Uh, keep them <laughs> keep them in Gorilla Tag, eh? Uh, that's where they belong, up in the Gorilla Clouds. Yes, there's a cloud level now. I guess gorillas fly now. Uh, but guys, I had a great shower thought. Gorilla Tag for inmates. No longer do you have to stamp out license plates. No, you've got to babysit an internet full of 12-year-olds for months, for years, and pay your way out of prison with shiny rocks, the Gorilla Tag in-game currency. Tell me that won't stop rapists and murderers. Uh, they'll be sure to think twice before signing up to be a permanent babysitter. And honestly, I think it's the perfect pairing. Your average prison cell Joe is already working on his or her arms daily, press-ups, pull-ups, and the like, right? Gorilla Tag just balances all of that out. And so uh, what I'm saying here, guys and girls, is that with brilliant policies and rehabilitation programs for all at F-Reality, we are running for president collectively. So use that number two pencil and put an X next to the F-Reality party next time you cast a ballot. Today, here's a few nibbles. Puppies are great. And all but dear audience, cats are where it's at. And this time, Canon has our back. PlayStation lovers are full of emotions this week, having been spat on, knocked about, and strangled. Well, that, but in a postmodern design engineer kind of way. Uh, robots are coming for our jobs, but also taking a load off at the local aquarium in the off hours. And just like humans, they get stuck in the gift shop. Who knew the little boxes of pretty gemstones would save humanity? Finally, the SS Meta is steaming ahead like a barge towards MetaConnect in September. But what's this? A leak has sprung on the main deck. Quick, MetaMates, save us from drowning. Throw out all the old quests. And uh, <laughs> to bubble wrap this well-loved FedEx package and give old Wilson something to float home about, Jose's got a burning releases spotlight. To settle the score with his premature stage exit from last episode... So smear your SPF 30 all over your VR headset, sit the F down, and buckle up. Uh, this F-Reality Airlines flight is about to get bumpy. Now, with that campaign manifesto out in the public domain, let's intro our political candidates. All right, well, you've heard the term uninvited guest, right? Well, this one keeps looking for social reassurance in all the wrong places. I'm talking dinosaur feces as best friends, and horny druids who sleep with overweight badgers, just to feel whole again. It's remarkable that Adams managed to come back from the great beyond. Someone summoned her, and here she is. We sent her earthquakes and hurricanes, but this foul beastie just won't stay dead. So why the hell not? Let's commune with a redhead. <laughs> I don't like the fact that as soon as you said horny druids, I knew exactly who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That shouldn't automatically be like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> but that was, uh, for those of you who don't know, I made a tweet. I finally started Baldur's Gate 3, so I made a tiefling druid. Um, and I found out that badgers or whatever animal you transform into can actually sit on furniture and climb ladders and stuff. They actually made animations for these things, which I was pretty impressed by. But, you never um, been to Ohio? <laughs> what? You never been to Ohio? In the East Coast, yeah. It's quite normal over here. <laughs> that sounds like taxidermy, uh, taxidermy <laughs> alley, you know? It's my favorite badger. It just sits out front with me when I have my tea. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I saw your, uh, your, your tweet about your new addiction, and I'm just thinking, like, between Diablo 4, all the VR stuff you're doing, and Baldur's Gate, like... Holy cow, it's like, that's practically single life. How are you even married still? Like, how does that work? <laughs> well, I don't have kids, so that helps yeah. a lot. And I don't have puppies, so that, again, a lot of, well, not a lot of time, but um, I don't know, with the Diablo season going on, that one went over pretty quickly, so I guess Baldur's Gate is my newest sort of obsession. But I am still doing stuff in VR. Like, um, I got to try a demo of the Seventh Guest VR, Ooh. which... Yes. I I'd never played the uh, the old school like you know the flat screen one so went in not knowing any story what to expect but um, so I can't make a comparison to the flat screen one but the VR one is gonna be it's really cool like it's so the way that they used a volumetric capture to bring the guests into the game looks cool because it. it it's just video essentially so it looks like they're in the mansion with you obviously they're just they're ghosts though so they're kind of wispy they're not completely solid which works fine um but then even the puzzles the puzzles are just so cool i love when vr games take advantage of vr and their puzzles like there's it's not that spoilery so I'll, I'll say this one anyway but there's one where you have like two magic hats and so you have to stick your hand in one hat and it goes out the other hat and so that's how you're oh. able to grab certain objects is like because there's like certain trap that's doors cool. where uh, pressure plates where if you stand on them, it closes. So if you put one hat there, you could just stick your hand through in order to get in places that you can't normally go. So just things like that. I'm like, that is so uh, cool. Make more like I'm not a puzzle game person because I suck at them and I my brain um, breaks most of the time when it comes to these. But these are. These were creative and fun enough for VR where I'm like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to get this game. Like, I, and oh. I don't even like puzzle games, but it is not See, scary. I, thought you, oh, I thought you would play the original uh, because you said, a, I think it was a past podcast or maybe it was, maybe it was offline um, that I saw you musing about Seventh Guest. But that's like, like in flat game territory, that's really old, isn't it? Isn't it like mid nineties or something? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, oh. I, again, I, so I can't compare on how well that it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was wrong rowdy they are fucking loud <laughs> that's, a, truck. that's a motorcycle you. good lord oh, that's funny. but god where was i so i can't compare on unfortunately like how it is with the old 90s version but it's going to be just in general it's going to be a really cool vr puzzle game and i was thinking about jose it it doesn't seem Scary, scary. It's more. I would say it's more like haunted mansion scary, where it's like whimsical, scary. Like it's it's in a spooky old mansion, but it's not like propagation hotel, you know. Or no, that's like, what I like. Be, so I think you, you know it's something that you could handle. <laughs> I like whimsical, spooky. That's that's the yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. example. <laughs> you know, like haunted that's, mansion. Yeah. <laughs> so I I, I'm looking forward to it. Lovely. I can't wait. I can't wait for it to come out. I they they only gave like a. 15 or so minute look and then you mm. know it's one of those demos that stops you after and i'm like damn it so but i don't know i'm i'm actually Looks gonna play cool. a puzzle game yeah the uh the way that the characters are shown i'm curious is it in any way volumetric it or is, is it so it they, is they filmed cool. them i forget what studio it was but you know one of those studios wow. that has like the 360 cameras so when you're cool. moving around these characters yeah you're seeing them from whatever angle you know, they were shot in and it's cool. Cause when you have your little lantern thing and you light it over them, then the volumetricness kind of disappears. I mean, you can still see sort of like a black outline, but once huh. your light isn't on them, that's when you can see 
their flesh. I don't know how to describe it. It's very hard to describe, that's, but but yes, it is volumetric yeah, capture. The reason I'm so excited for that, because we had previous games that worked really, really well that way. Like Abduction had like flat video, but kind of translucent image people. Uh, we also had it in Blade Runner. Uh, I think it was Memory Lab, which was really, it was really cool. But it's one of those things where like, if you play a game like from the original Half-Life era, where when you turn your head or if you move the mouse, right, things like rotate about an axis and you can tell that they're flat. And so in VR, obviously things, those smaller details really pop out. And so if they've jumped that particular valley, uh, that's great. And I'm, oh. you've incentivized me now. I will uh, go check out the 15 minute. I bit. think it works too because they're ghosts. So the quality doesn't have to be high Ooh. because they're kind of wispy, uh, you know, smoky looking. So I don't know if we're there. I mean, I don't know what it would look like pure without all the effects and stuff, but it was a smart move to do in particular for ghosts. Because I'm like, man, yeah, you could just have uh, NPCs in the future that are just volumetric captures. And then you don't have to worry so much about having, you know, polygon counts necessarily or the highest quality graphics because it's just video in, you know, in the game. So I don't know. Th- this just brought future ideas and I was super excited. And I don't know. I, I can't wait to see more of those those cutscenes that I could just walk around in and like, uh. I don't know. Really cool stuff. Well, I'm, it's, it's nice to see you excited for it. I'm, I'm now excited for it uh, by product. And um, it was that a creator-only snippet or is that a public demo, the 15-minute? Uh, it was a creator-only snippet, yeah. But the, the right. game comes out October 19th, I want to say. Yeah, so yeah, it's not Halloween long, time. Not long wait. Yeah. You get busy in between. Very good. Okay. Fucking creators. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> Next one. They say on the West Coast, if you get a flat tire... A Californian will pull up and a physically immaculate specimen of a human being will be crunching on avocado toast and sorely lament at how awful that situation is for you to be uh, just before zipping away on their Tesla, leaving you there stranded with your pitiful life. However, on the East Coast, while you're fighting off highway gators and rethinking your life choices, uh, this Florida man turns up in a pickup truck, drunk at the wheel, cursing at you making your wife feel uncomfortable with his long, lazy gaze, and then shuffles around your vehicle, fixes not just one, but all your tires. Uh, This half-human then proceeds to give your car a better service than your favorite mechanic ever did, hops back in his truck, putters down the pothole-ridden road, and lurks back into the swamp. And that, there, uh, that's Jose, right there, back in his element. But you just got to imagine that your car is a VR headset. And I do wonder, how's it? Back to be home in Miami, Jose. Oh man, I'm hype. I, I I'm glad you you mentioned the the swamp. So unfortunately, I, I I was very scared. I thought you were gonna exactly detail my coordinates, but you stopped that swamp. So I, I'm happy about that. But nah, man, I, I'm super excited to be back. Like feeling the energy, the 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 Miami. Just you know, just like Rowdy, I I, I I'm. You guys are lucky I don't have my window open because it would be like just screams and Latin music and and all of that. Miami flavor, but I'm just soaking it in and just uh, just so happy to be amongst my nerd dungeon and, and my man cave and having all the, you know, for better or for worse, right? Because I haven't been here in almost six months. So like dust gathering wow. and kind of cleaning everything and, and using little vacuums and realizing I'm not young anymore so my allergy tolerance has gotten way worse than, than before oh, so it's been a nightmare um 
but just so fun just to be, you know, back with my toys. So. It's a fun nightmare. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good nightmare for sure. I was saying, yeah. Jose, just before the podcast, like, dude, you, you really feel refueled to me. Oh. Like, it feels like the spirit has kind of come back into you that maybe it was a little flat out in California for whatever Sorry, we reason, sucked the know? life out of you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's insane. It, it's so, honestly, the it's just a different energy, right? It, it's not a bad one. It's just not me. And I just, it's so weird how you can really not feel... You, you, you tend to emotionally connect with the area that makes you feel at home. And it was so bizarre, right? Because everybody in, in the West Coast, especially the VR scene, has been nothing but loving and making me feel at home and embracing. It's just, I don't know. I like having the things I love, but also the things that make me who I am, right? So yeah. there, there's a balance here in Miami that I just enjoy quite a bit. Well, I'll tell you, homesickness is a real it's, deal, you know? It really is. It truly is. Well, the, what you what you just said like um i don't know if anybody knows like uh what we do in the shadows yes it's like a british show and it's like it's like it's about vampires it's a british comedy show uh and it's about different kind of vampires and like you know you have like you know vampires that whatever it can but one one of the types like they're all like regular vampires that one of the types is an energy vibe vampire <laughs> so it's just like someone who sucks the energy out yes, of you and that, like oh man i i feel like now that you've told me this all of these like live in california that or something like <laughs> dude it is crazy you should, you should watch a trailer from it it's it, hilarious it, it's like, truly... you have all these like dracula types and then there's like a guy in like a suit and like a regular thing kind of thing and like He's an energy vampire. He just sucks the life out of you. If California was a person, it it would be 100% (laughs) an energy vampire. It would be somebody who just want to be around with there's nothing wrong with them it's just it just it just it bums you out man it's just like (laughs) I I, 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 I like going to California but I mean I've already I've only been on holidays you know and conferences and it feels like there's a lot to do there and like but I'm guessing yeah I mean if, if it doesn't suit with your lifestyle, then it's kind of hard to adjust because the lifestyle there is so particular, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they yeah. are. They're such a, they're, they're, they're so different. The East different. and West Coast, yeah. so different, right? And um, <laughs> for those who, who, who are listening from a different country, uh, like like two of us here in Canada, right? Uh, we are, of course, referring to the United States. Um, just to clear that up, I know I assumed that coming in. So, um Jose, any uh, highlights from your trip back home? Any uh, critters that were there? Alligator under the bed? Anything like that? Any of those stories um, you want to share before we? I, I think uh, spatial displays. Honestly, um, you guys talked about them last week, uh, last podcast with the Rokid X Real. I think that's has been a weird passion of mine that has woken up, which is figuring out how to deal with displays rather than having a whole on vr xr headset that's kind of been something i've been really passionate about especially on an airplane being able to look at sensitive financial files and kind of starting to unlock these use cases uh i literally hit the ground running just a few days ago it was a uh, novo bank which is a huge bank here in miami uh through like a founders event where we had yeah. a lot of small medium uh companies and None of these companies were VR or XR or technology oriented. So being able for me to be the only tech company in their, what it looks like in their banking family, to be able to get them in XR headsets and getting people that are florists or kind of businesses that don't even think about spatial computing and and unlocking the realities of being able to look at sensitive finances or 
I had one guy who's a chiropractor who there are HIPAA uh, regulations and being able to see these glasses as almost HIPAA compliant, right? Because they're, you're, there's nothing, there's no software, there's no, um, which has opened up something in, in my perspective, right? Where we talk about these amazing tools and software like Immersed, right? Where at the end of the day, they're rebroadcasting your screen to a yeah. headset. So there's a lot of guidelines and policies that you won't be able to get the these the software in environments where a spatial wire display bypasses all that, right? Mm, it's it's, it's a physical device. What what is HIPAA or HEPA? Uh, HIPAA, it's medical secrecy. Uh, it's a compliance that you have to adhere to. Essentially, no sensitive information can be looked at if you're not, unless you're legally allowed to. You know, um, let's say for example, like an X-ray scan. You don't want somebody next to you on a flight being able to see somebody's name and see a diagnosis or something like that. Right? It's also like it's yeah. it's compliance, basically, like yeah. it's for software, for example, that there's a track record of like the steps that have happened. And like, you know, the, it's kind of like accountability, I would say. Right. Uh, that's something that is uh, probably in there as well. Uh, we're just going to pause here a second. I saw uh, Adam's face drop. So, Adam? Yes, uh, thank you so much to Resolve VR, you crazy, crazy, crazy person who just did a, oh, what man. is it, the YouTubers, it's called a super chat now, right, of 50 uh, American USD, that is insane, you woo. are a crazy person, you you put up thank with all best. of our, uh, all of our this, yeah. and, and Zim's, whatever oh, man. that is. Whatever <laughs> that, this that is. He told us to buy ourselves our energy back, I think I think I have enough energy now for the rest of the podcast, so I'm ready. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Well, the the thing that Rezel doesn't know, uh, big fan. We were just actually playing uh, games, and I'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, just this uh, the, the, this past couple of days, um, we were just like trying to figure out like why our donation stuff wasn't refreshing or broken or whatever. So now we know. If we know, I can't tell. It's too small for my eyeballs. But um, at least that's a good acid test of of that. And if it's not functioning. Well, thank you anyway. We we just wanted to call you out. We don't normally call thank these you out, so but much. You know, thumbs up. That, thanks yeah. again. Yeah. <clears throat> So yeah, sounds, sounds good to be back in the element uh, in, in in Miami. And, and I'm curious, what's your go-to, uh, I don't know what to call it now, headset, eyewear? Uh, what's your go-to gadget when you're on a plane now? What oh man, a spatial display device. They, they, to be honest, it, it's you can easily say Rokade or Xreal, but they're both exactly the same thing. Um, mm. But really spatial displays is the way to go. Um, having a I, device that's... You would pick that up over like the XR Elite that you modded, for oh, absolutely. example? Well, the XR yeah. Elite at the end of the day is limited by the battery, right? So it's, it's okay. a huge battery. You still have to, you know, dual use. So there's an intermediary device, which you have the battery and then maybe USB-C to connect it to your computer so you can have local streaming where the a spatial display will connect directly to the device. So there's Man. no intermediary device you just have your laptop and then the glasses connected to USB-C it just seems so ideal for that that for for sitting on a plane for whatever it is five to eight hours or something it seems to be just a fantastic solution and despite it being I don't know 600 Canadian dollars or something man after Adam's you know speech about it and kind of running running us down all the details your passion for it God, every time I yeah. think about Our a donations. trip now, every time I think about a trip now, it's like I need to. The thing is, I feel like it's just not quite on the cusp for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if I got that device, it'll be replaced or leapfrogged beyond in 
a year or two years. And that's not long 100%. enough for me on any device. Like if it's a mobile phone or a headset, like it's got to at least do me for two years. Like that's the minimum. And mm. generally I'm a four year tech guy. Like I want that device <laughs> to be in, in operation for at least four years. Then I'm good to move on with my life. Anyway, um, I think we're yeah, not there yet. Yeah, so, Jose, wanna, I might still hold. Yeah, I might still I'm gonna hold say, I'm going to honestly be honest. I, I don't want to take too much time before. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say halt because the truth of the matter is all this technology just, just honestly got figured out very recently. Even like the 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 Android device, the Beam, I forgot what Rokit's version is, but they're, and they're screenless Android devices that essentially do all the processing. They handle the, let's say, like AirPlay, streamcasting, all of that technology. At the end of the day, it will get smaller. There's a lot of people that at the end of the day, you can use a cell phone. So there is no necessity for it. And also when it comes to spatial displays, there's a weird line between them, right? Because Broken, I think is focusing on AR, which they have um, cameras that are essentially looking at the depth sensing where the ones I'm talking about don't have those cameras. So they're three off, only have yeah. a gyroscope on board which is where I think is the way to go for spatial displays. It's similar to um, watches, right? Where Apple figured out, why would you put a camera on your wrist, right? Instead of just having everything else. And I think mm. there is a- You're saying three off yes. is the right way. Yes, for spatial it displays, for screen- I understand that, view. right? Like, like the fact that like being on a plane or in a car with an Oculus Go or something and that actually being a superior experience to like the Quest or other headsets, yes. which drift and have anchoring problems. I still feel like we need to get past the six off issues mm -hmm. and to the point where there's some form of anchoring, almost like, you know, when you're in a program like a Photoshop or something and and things or even like an OBS and, and, and things will snap. I feel like there should be a real, real world grid snap so you could actually a line, I don't know, a show you're watching or something, and then it wouldn't move, but it needs to feel concrete. And for right now, in that form factor, I have to agree with you. I think yeah. 3DOF, for now, it's beautiful. we've matured to that point. Yeah, right? I, I call it modern 3DOF. I think that calling it 3DOF, we always think of, you said the Oculus Go and all these older devices yeah. where right. they haven't have figured out what a center of gravity looks like, really, where mm. these devices have figured it out because they're using your phone. They're using the device to kind of so you can actually get some head movement and that allows the, the calibration to make the screen almost not jitter. So there's a lot of okay. advancements in 3DOF that we haven't seen before that these devices are unlocking. And and, and honestly, the I, I've been super convinced in the last month that spatial displays are going to be the, the killer app for commercial and enterprise. And that's going right. to trickle to, you know, XR adoption and then the higher end headsets yeah. and so forth. I'll, I'll be honest. So what is it, the specifically for a plane? Like, what is the what is the use case there? Oh man, I'm going to tell like, you a great example. It's going to make you laugh. I was watching a movie. For some reason, I have a bad luck watching movies on airplanes. Every time I watch a movie on an airplane, there's a plane crash. I don't know why. Like of all things, <laughs> in the film, in the film, there's there's <laughs> literally. Oh, no. So <laughs> yes. I have this i have a secondary embarrassment or fear of the person a complete stranger next to me seeing this and having an anxiety paranoia attack and freaks out and it's my That's fault so because funny. i'm watching iron man 
on the, on my laptop, right? Or so you're watching you Game, of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. There's a sex scene. Or yeah. That, so it's privacy. Privacy. It's it's truly is a privacy that you can interact with the. You know, the, the, resol- the thing with me is I think I don't care enough about other people <laughs> to yeah. if there's a sex scene and, you know, it's in a movie that pff, I'm just watching I love it. You. Or I love there's... you. That's why I want to be you, <laughs> 12, bro. 12 year old kid is I like, be- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's, you know, he's going to learn one day. You know, might as well exactly. I'm like rowdy with well, this. Like, like I'm, I, I just don't see myself buying a headset specifically for that purpose. 100%. Of course, if it's a headset you already have for something else. Um, then sure, but otherwise, but you just caught I, I just don't, I just, yeah, I just don't see the use case of like, especially not if it's isolating. Because uh, mm. I mean, I'm the kind of person I like because I pay so much for the flight, I want to get all the food that they <laughs> that they offer, and every time they come for drinks, I want something. So I don't want to miss stuff that is coming. Well, it's not yeah, like VR yeah, though, yeah. where you're totally no, encased, like you can right, still correct. see right. out the sides and everything. You and can see. That's what I like. That's yeah. what I really, really, uh, and again, it, it's, you guys talk, this is bad for me because I'm going to end up making a purchase. Uh, but <laughs> like, it, the thing is, I learned that, uh, I think just to- toying around with like Quest Pro, like, I feel like Quest Pro could have been a thing that I wanted and it ended up not being after playing with it. But these headsets, because they've got that application, because the battery life isn't a concern, because it's something that I could wear in a restaurant, like if I was sitting, you know, at, a, at an uh, airport yes. side bar or something. I put one of those on, no fucking problem. No one will look at you twice. It's just yeah. like, they're just like, oh, he's wearing smart sunglasses, right? Or he's got a cable coming off. No one even bats an eye. So that part is completely dead. But like Rowdy, I'm like, I don't hesitate. Maybe for like 10 seconds when I'm putting on a headset and then I'm in my own world. Fuck you guys, right? Like, I'm. it doesn't matter if you were looking at me funny or whatever. <laughs> the reality is turbulent. Like, beat saber, like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck <laughs> you guys. Yeah, I'm That's totally done it's a real it thing, work. right? If you're in a, if you're wearing a Quest Two, like a, a, a bulky, even the the XR Elite, it's still quite bulky in the forehead it's area. Noticeable. So, it's yeah, noticeable. So yeah, turbulence. Yeah. You know, you hit the front seat, the seat in front <laughs> of you, you're going to have a really bad time, no matter. So these are sunglasses form factors. So weirdly enough, you can see through them. Nobody can see the display you're looking at. You can still yeah. make eye contact. You still have the display in front of you, so you can watch the movie. You get the privacy. The audio, though, isn't it? Like, if there's a really heavy, you know, scene. Uh, yeah, know. they can hear it. They can definitely hear it. You could pair something else with it. Bluetooth, like, yeah, I use earbuds because sure. I don't, I don't have it come out of the the speakers that are built into the the Roku. Okay, that's public. smart. That's and smart. also the price. Right? I, I would definitely find it worse if it was like a sex scene that everyone could see on the TV, <laughs> or it's like. You know, I'm watching it. this device that nobody can see, and oh. you hear the sounds like going on. <laughs> right, spot on. I would definitely find that worse because oh everybody would be like, "What's that guy doing? Like, does he know he's not wearing earphones?" <laughs> uh, I, I want that worse. I want to see a film crew do exactly that with some hidden cameras. Someone gets on, you know, has the awkward that. moment. They've done oh. that with the um, absolutely. What was it like? The like there was a, a headset, but it was like sponsored by Tinder. I see this guy <laughs> oh, like, oh no! Swiping left and swiping right. God, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, all no. the nose. All right, all right. Well, we're we're now we're now thirty minutes into the show. We're only two <laughs> intros deep, so we better keep moving. Otherwise, we'll be here until uh, twenty twenty four. So, <clears throat> too smart for his own good, and they actually let him back in. Canada's been missing our walking Dewey Decimal System. 
This dude just doesn't feel right away from his plants and all that photosynthesis. So let's put him on the spot. Give him some light. It's the one guy on the F Reality podcast who IRL knows how to put up a fight. Welcome home, Rowdy. But for another person who's welcome home, you know, we got two people who were transplanted exactly. for a time. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been crazy these past couple of months. Uh, the amount of traveling that I've done it's it's all been associated with a with a move that I've been doing. Uh, we've been we've actually moved out of Montreal and we moved to to Calgary. So that's uh, that's the the, the big uh, kind of move that we've been doing uh, in the past couple of months. Uh, and we've been visiting some family, been all around. So it's been it's been nice to 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 be out, but it's also very good to be back. So I'm, I'm very very happy about that. Yeah, for sure. Does does Canada even Calgary units kind of new to you? Um, does it feel like home now? Like what is does it feel like coming so. home or is it still I mean, kind this of is, this is definitely feels like new. a new country. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely feels new. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's you're starting to get to to get to know Canadian culture and getting to know like you know like uh, how everything works here. Uh, it's definitely different from from Europe, you know, like uh, from where we come from. But it's still close enough for me to feel comfortable. I think uh, so. It's it's kind of nice. Yeah, I like it. Well, refreshing new uh, new mission and all that. Very good. Any highlights this week? For sure. Uh, I, I think the highlight has mo- mainly been uh, <laughs> getting a refund on a part of my move because uh, <laughs> nice. the estimated it was too high. So yeah, I got some money back. So that's that's kind of nice. That's kind of what my right. highlight was. And for the rest, has been unpacking boxes and getting all my stuff into this uh, into this room. Like uh, you guys were laughing that it's kind of empty, but I kind of like it always a little bit more slick and clean. Um, uh, there's still gonna probably come an office in the back here, uh, so that uh, we both have an office here. But uh, the rest, I th- I'm thinking, is it's, I'm gonna try and keep it nice. That looks it lovely. Nice. Yeah, you you shared a, a photo with us earlier in the week, and it looks really slick. You got like the perfect yeah, I, like, I, picturesque I setup. So, so nice. much time, like like even like every cable and stuff like that. I want Sweet. that to be. You know, like I, I think about like where I place them. So it's like, you know, I need to tie them together and like this cable needs to go there and I need to buy a p- power plug, a power plug needs to go here. I like to have organization because I always say like, you know, an organized desk, an organized workflow starts with an organized desk. Uh, so I, I like to have like when I enter here, it needs to be like everything needs to be in its own spot and its own place and a little bit OCD in that kind of regard, I guess. But like uh or a little bit autistic even in that regard. Like I need I need to have everything like proper yeah. before I can start working. Because that just yep. makes my life or my work easier. Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that. That's actually very similar with me. I can't really work easily in like an untidy environment. <laughs> and it when you're with kids and uh, oh my God. Yeah. So it's a, it's like a must have. It's a prerequisite. Like get everything in place and then the work begins. Uh, yeah. So with that. Sure. I want to welcome, big welcome back, Rowdy and Jose, to your home spots. And hopefully uh, California doesn't break off and float into the ocean uh, for Adam. So there you go. Uh (laughs) Thanks. And me too. (laughs) They've been trying for a while. Been trying for a while. Um, Right. Well, dear viewers, thanks again for making it back here live. Uh, I love reading your remarks back after the show. Um, Keep us zoned in on how you're getting on and how you feel today. Uh, Are we winning, son, or is this just some kind of rubbish play? So um, my highlight this week is one I didn't expect to hit so hard. Uh, Zim went and disappeared into No Man's Sky, uh, which just got uh, the Echoes release, which is an update that brought about a few different things. But it was um, feels like a brand new game on PSVR 2. I mean, it is 
transformational. And it, in, like, after the first play session, immediately brought the game from, uh, for me, a consider to a buy. Buy verdict, absolutely. And I would go so far as to say that this is now top three in the PSVR 2 experiences, along with GT7 and Resident Evil 8. Uh, I would probably put this either in position two or three. I haven't decided that yet. Uh, but I think that you could reasonably buy a PSVR 2 setup just to play No Man's Sky in the same way that you might for GT7 or for Resident Evil. Um, this was an awesome experience. So first I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened um, when I played and then really what what makes it different, um, which is actually the eye tracking and the foveated rendering that enhances that experience. So the first impression I had going in was um, that everything was, whereas before it's been blurry AF uh, and kind of frustrating uh, to me, now close details, far details, like a, a palm tree in the distance, uh, um, a moon in the sky, everything's sharp. Um, now, not every texture in the game is maximum resolution. So for example, if you hold your gloved hands in front of you, you'll notice that they're you know, it's some lower texture resolution, but you're seeing it. And the, the the social screen, for example, if you're watching streams or videos back, are a good step worse than what you see in headset. Maybe a two or three factor because the color temperature, um, the sharpness, the fact that it doesn't feel like you're wearing a headset at most times when you're playing, it feels like you're using your real life eyes to look at the objects in game transport you onto that alien planet that you're standing on and now the richness of what the developers have put into no man's sky through so many successful add-ons and continue to do so um this is it this is the turning point this is the moment when you're supposed to go and pick up this game if you haven't already and dive in it is awesome i mean awesome like i mean this is and I, rowdy knows me well for this after so many years i don't say this lightly this is this is I think my next Skyrim because wow. it oh, felt wow. like I was on vacation. So and I are you are amazing. you going to be doing this more often? Because I I mean yes. I watched hundred percent like I probably like sixty percent of the stream. Uh, but I always like I I've always liked the Skyrim stream, so I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, happen more often as well. <laughs> this is going to be a regular staple for for Zim. Now uh, for because... people who for people who don't know, like if Zim does like like when Zim plays Skyrim, he doesn't play Skyrim. <laughs> at all he plays he goes on holiday like he's not joking when he's saying i'm going holiday he's just going in there and he just like goes from place to place and he sees like different things it's like he's doing like a city trip <laughs> but he doesn't do he, lives the he game. doesn't do any of the quests he doesn't do any of the oh like the main mission this. or stuff like that have you ever sk finished skyrim you did it i, I finally ends, right? did it took me yeah, five yes, years yes. yeah it took yeah. me five yeah. years to get there um man it's but this is gonna so take much. me way longer like, yeah. It's been a long time since I've played yeah. No Man's Sky. I think you I came back after they did, you know, the redo after they had all of the harsh criticism when it first came out. Same. But this is oh, yeah. this doesn't even look like the same game. I'm like, oh man, I really no. gotta jump yeah, in. That's crazy. And the amount of stuff the thing is, I'll, I'll just put it this way, the cool shit factor is through the roof. Like, yes, there's still some janky bits and, and little, you know, things like some lighting that doesn't quite it flickers or whatever. But like the eye tracking works great. And like, I've never seen No Man's Sky work without hitching. Like even the main menu, 
it maybe hiccuped like once, but that star field that's coming at you, and I'm using that word very intentionally here, um, that that star field that's coming at you when you're when you're loading up, which I always thought was a horrendous design because all it was doing most of the times was going like ah, 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 like coming at you just chugging, and I'm like, why are you again? putting this as your intro? No, Adam, no clipping that. Uh, so oh, well, we got it, we got it anyways. <laughs> like this. This, not very, very little now, with my 1,600 titles I've played in VR, like, blow my socks off, putting the headset on, within just probably 10 seconds, I was like, oh my lord. Like, and it was in a nighttime scene. Then I went to a bright, colorful planet with, like, a, a pink sea and stuff and went diving under the water, and there's just too much. There's way too much. I don't even, I'm not even scraping the surface, I'm sure. And the fact that you can now accessorize, uh, I'm sorry, I know, I'm going to go into this, but, like... You can get the ship that's badass and show off to your friends is just so neat. So I was playing single player, what I thought was single player. And then all of a sudden, dude walks in and he's like, yo, what's up? And I was like, is that me? Is this some kind of like bit? <laughs> and it was a friend who had dropped in on, I think it was Rezal or no, sorry. It was a JD first. And then Rezal came a bit later, but they just dropped it on my, my, my game and my stream live. And it was so easy. And the cool thing that came out was as I was talking, and as he was talking, I was having like a mic issue. I couldn't hear the, the players in the game, but they could hear me. Right. And yeah. I worked that out. But um, it was translating what I was saying into text so they could read it. And same oh, and vice versa. Cool. Live. And it's very, it's it's like a Google Translate almost thing. Wow. And, I, and I had a friend from Japan who jumped in at the same time. And he was cool. talking to me. And oh my oh, God, it was wow. great. For those who might get into that same issue, by the way, the PSVR 2 is a... Uh, jealous lover and it does not want to share so the 3.5 mil jack on the headset that you've got to connect into that to hear the party chat audio you cannot like i do capture over hdmi routed from pc to pc i can hear the game audio but it for some reason blocks the social so i have to use a second pair of headphones tucked under my main ones in order to hear that and i'm gonna have to do some engineering to make that show worthy yeah. but yeah the things that happened to me are just incredible. Like Boston Dynamics, you know that robot dog that everyone's been like yeah. kicking the shit out of and poking it with sticks and stuff? Well, he found me and I was I was running across the planet from what felt like, you know, in Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto, you piss the cops off and then it like escalates and you get to like five stars and you're like, ah, you're running around and choppers are chasing after you. That happened with what felt like a whole police squad of army robots and they weren't all the same. There were about seven different variety, varieties of robot that were chasing me. What did um, you do? All did like this big squad. <laughs> what did you I, do? Did uh, you kill like International crimes. Intergalactic <laughs> crimes, rather. What did I, do? <laughs> I stole some orb. There's There was some orb that was like 40,000 credits. Shiny thing. <laughs> I Indiana Jones it, and then we feckin' ran, and I'm like, oh, I'll just bury into this cave. No problem. And this dog robot burrowed through the level, through the feckin' like probably 40 meters of soil, to surprise me and comes after me with this like red light. It felt like from other sons when the alien comes out of the woodwork and you go, I freaked out. I screamed. I ran. It felt amazing. Amazing. So like there's that. And then, as I said, like one of the, one of the dudes fl flew in on what looked like a Batmobile ship, <laughs> the wings like spread out and then they came back into land and it was like, holy shit. That's one of so many ships and you can just go and get them and get money. So yeah, I'm going to be, absolutely disappearing into this and if anyone else <laughs> doesn't have it yet 
it's actually on sale right now. Like the double Ew. whammy here is incredible. It's half price so, until the end of August. I gotta write that Can down. Can you maybe like summarize yes, what they what they added compared to the previous? Yeah, version? that's what I'm having. The, I want to know. So the main the main thing that changed <clears throat> uh, since I last dipped in and because they launched on PSVR two. Actually, it's about five releases long. Is my story with with No Man's Sky, and I'll just summarize that very quickly. PSVR one, No Man's Sky drops. Looks terrible. They fixed it. Still looks terrible. Third patch, still awful, always frustrating, never liked it on PSVR 1. PSVR 2 came out, was like, great, new horsepower, going to be super, you got this world to go. Go in, everything's feckin' blurry, everything's inconsistent. They patch it, they fixed like two things, so like the HUD in your ship was sharp, but then everything else was still feckin' blurry, you go out in the environment, it just was awkward and didn't feel right. It felt bad. It was it, like it was definitely not a game I would recommend to purchase at that point. But there was all this loads of content. Um, what they added in Echoes, an extension of previous stories. I think it was Interception was the last kind of VR patch. So they brought about um, there's a soft, a specific software engineer called uh, Martin Griffiths who spent six months uh, to uh, to permit fo dynamic foveated rendering, leveraging the PSVR2 eye tracking in headset. So what's happening, it's very visible now if you watch someone playing it live. Um, you know, just the center bit of your focus with your eyeballs is in focus and everything else gets uh, deprioritized and so doesn't have to render. And that allows it to run at frame rate. So it's super silky smooth um, and it looks great in the headset because of the brightness of the OLED panel. And the OLED, it just, it just changes the game entirely because of that. So now everything in the game feels consistently presented and the only remaining gripe that I would have would be as a purist in VR who doesn't like HUD very much and No Man's Sky is a game where you rely on the HUD, you have to go through like a four-click process to go into the menu, disable the HUD if you want it to be pretty, and then you come back out again. So they have a scanning visor in No Man's Sky, and I'll try to come summarize and come off this topic quickly. Um, on the headset, when you click a button, you get to scan and get extra data about everything in, in front of you. And I think all they need to do is just give us a HUD toggle on the other side of the head. So just raise your hand, grip, like you're turning on a flashlight, right? Um, I would love that. And I've asked the engineer for that. But yeah, absolutely. This guy, Martin, spent a bunch of time, no doubt others in the team as well. So it's less about the add-ons in terms of story and elements, because those have been sprinkling out with the updates on No Man's Sky. If you go to their updates page and you read through the um, patch notes... Of what No Man's Sky has, they've got about 20 releases. Each of them has brought different things. Goliaths, mechs, living space vehicles, landers, all kinds of stuff. And now VR has caught up. It's the perfect time uh, to get into this. And absolutely, it is, as I said, system seller, VR class. Wow. Sony should think about bundling PlayStation VRs with this now. <laughs> That would be that would be a very full circle if they bundle it because that you know they pulled it. it from the store originally right so that yeah. would be that would be incredible because I remember um I forgot his name uh, was it Mark Cerny uh, no it was the president of Sony who threw No Man's Sky under the bus they were like they were like yeah the game wasn't ready or something like that so it, it was the first game to get pulled from the store on modern consoles yeah I remember that. didn't cyberpunk then follow in its track yep. sometime later mm -hmm. yeah, yeah because of all the refunds yeah so um no man's sky uh you all are now obliged to go and try that specifically in psvr2 now there are some improvements as well if you own it on switch for example and on pc they had a previous patch which helped pc rendering and i think they use things like 
um, the DLSS and various options to help performance. Um, I actually played, this is how cool the game is. I had my daughter playing it who was thrilled for like two hours yesterday. I was in my quest with virtual desktop to my PC to see what side by side was like. And yeah, I mean, PSVR 2 is to me, hands down the way to play No Man's Sky now. Like it's so much better. Um, so yeah, try it out. I want to hear back from you about it. That's your homework for the month. Um, and with that, let's go ahead into the newsreel. Finally, uh, 45 minutes into the intros and <laughs> highlights. So uh, before we get into <clears throat> anything else, I need to first mourn a dying star. Not talking Hollywood, not Dick Van Dyke, who's 97 years old, Robert Redford, who's 87, or Al Pacino, who's 83. Nope, it's another dying star, uh, which is Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Some of you know I've, I loved that game. It was an FPS game, kind of goofy, but a really good like 10 to 14 hour saga single player campaign. Uh, there's news we saw from Tony Scared Ghost at, um, that the multiplayer will be unavailable starting from December 1st. Uh, so the dev team is pulling the plug um, on the servers. I'm not surprised because honestly, multiplayer was a little bit dead out of the gates due to a few reasons that it had a troubled launch. The install size was enormous. I think it was 200 gigabytes or somewhere around there. Um, even the Quest launch was high at like 45 gig uh, when they finally were able to fit it onto Quest. Um, the game originally launched back in late 2020. Uh, really helped me get through COVID, to be honest, some of that. It was just so much gleeful fun. Um, it was such a big miss for such a great title. Obviously, they they developed it over the course of like five or six years. Still remains my top uh, single-player favorite FPS ride in VR. And the multiplayer was phenomenal. They had 12 different maps, um, immaculate, beautifully detailed. For anyone who's been an FPS player for a long time, you know the difference between a cluttered map and one that you can be shooting and run through backwards and still memorize. And they had those levels, and it was beautiful. Uh, I like the idea that years ago, Nathie had said, he said, why didn't they sell the multiplayer as a separate game, standalone from the single player? Uh, I still think that that would have been a really smart choice. You know, sell it for a cheaper price, $20, $20 or something, and just do the multiplayer. Um, and it probably would have soared. But unfortunately, that one now gets its uh, nails in the coffin. So multiplayer will be uh, taking taken it and uh, exiting stage left. Um, and there's another heavyweight title, actually, that's coming as well. Um, or sorry, that's been out there now for, I think, eight or nine years uh, in various forms. And that's Vox Machida, the giant mech combat game. You um, like that too, right? I love Vox. And yeah. I've like every, I feel like every maybe year to year and a half, I've put on, I've, I've gone out to Twitter and I've said like, who wants to play some Vox? And we've put on a multiplayer social and it's always been incredible. Like dune sandworms trying to eat your mechs and people like overheating <laughs> and just great. And so they've just brought another update, just like the No Man's Sky model. I love it when devs are like, you already paid for the game. Don't you worry I'm going to keep giving value, kind of like the Pistol Whip devs, right? And so Hostile Conditions is a new update to Vox, uh, which is bringing weather systems. And there's a couple. Uh, so settings are clear, haze, overcast, clouds, smog, and storm to really like obfuscate the environment. And it makes it difficult for you to understand friend and foe. And so you need to be more careful when you use your jetpacks, taking big dangerous jumps, who you're shooting at, friendly fire becomes more of a problem. I think this is, you know, beckoning me back now to run another event, honestly, because I need to see how that looks in a VR headset. 
Um, one other thing that they're adding, which I think is really smart for a game that's this long on its shelf life, is map boundaries. So you're able to set up, for example, a multiplayer environment, but then say, we only want to use this part of the map, not the whole mm. thing, so that you're able to have a more intense, smaller form factor game. And to some extent, almost uh, puts map customization into the hands of the player, because then you can say, right. this quarter of the map is really cool. Let's fight over here. Um so I'm just really glad they're doubling down on this, uh, refining their craft. Um, as long as it's still financially viable to do it, I recommend devs should do that. I think it, it shows your player base and gets uh, gets people really following your craft uh, closely. And also as an artist or an artisan, you can show the world what you've got. So there's no better mech game. Uh, I can say that without hesitation than Vox Machina. So check that out. And uh, if anyone is interested in multiplayer, keep your eyes peeled to my Twitter. I'll <laughs> try to put something on in the next month. So those are the the kind of two big uh, game update uh, news pieces. One other thing that uh, I wanted to ask you all, I was like throwing crazy questions to the group. So Adam's hosting, so you don't get to answer this one. Uh, Rowdy and Jose, I want your answers. What the hell is meowditation? What is meowditation? Okay, it's a meditation app, but the instructors are cats. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Oh man, I think meow. If, if it's not, yeah. then someone should make it. Yeah, that one. That one's good. <laughs> that one's good. I was thinking more like, you ever seen like one of the the tricks to like have like really good public speaking skills is to imagine everybody in their underwear. So I yep. I thought it was like <laughs> imagining everybody that they're cats. So Aww. we're on the same wavelength. So, <laughs> but uh, but I'm telling you, like it's gonna be, it's you know, like how a cat stretch, you know, like uh, oh, that's... It's, it's just gonna be like the cat stretching, and you need to like perform the same kind of stretch. That's <laughs> Rowdy, it. I love this. this. I love this. This, this, is this is even I'm better than you. the real news piece. Okay, I... let's oh, go. Crap, so it's not right. <laughs> no, you're really close. You're not too far off. So Canon, uh, some of you might remember, uh, released a dual fisheye lens. Uh, uh, lens for cameras like an adapter that you'd put on the end instead of a standard lens with one eye it's a two eye it's a double fisheye lens for capturing uh 360 180 sorry 180 content and this is meditation is canon's uh giving us a zen 180 degree cat video so to describe it there's a meditative voiceover which gently narrates as you watch rescue kittens frolic, play, and doze off. It's undeniably cute and evil corporate puppeteering by Canon's marketing department all at the same time. Uh, you can watch this on the YouTube app or in the in a MetaQuest headset. You can find this. Um, so that is Meowditation, which if you're feeling a bit stressed, maybe go chill out with some cool cats. I think my suggestion was better. Yeah, but, honestly, uh, hey, can we can we I'm just not, spend time figuring out like Rowdy's idea? I I think I like the idea <laughs> of of being. Uh, actually, we should go expand more than that. Like, we should take it beyond meditation. It should be like your doctor. Like, there should be like anything that's like in health services should be replaced by a cat. I mean, Isn't like, this just yeah. VR chat furries, but cat form? I'm just imagining Dr. Seuss animals and like, it's kind of creepy in my this head. This is one of the things that would be, that's better and should be in person than in VR. Like, cause you know how they have the weird trendy, like goat yoga thing where like 
people are doing yoga poses no. and goats are all yeah. around them or whatever. I mean, maybe it's a weird California thing that's kind of stupid. But and they like, bring in that that could, that's what I would be thinking. Like, yeah, you would sit in a room full of kittens and you'd have a meditation instructor. But but you need to. It's like something you need to do in person. I don't think watching it is the same because you don't get you don't get to touch the kittens. You don't get that release of like endorphins <laughs> or the same. I don't know. It's, it's just like then you're just sitting in a room sad with no kittens. You can just look at the kittens, but you can't touch the kittens. <laughs> Do it's you think sad. endorphins can be recreated by interacting with a f beautiful creature that's virtual? Man, not to the same extent. I think it'd be yeah. like some, but not as much as like actually having a warm, furry, yeah. like puppy or kitten. You know, like maybe you're like, oh, this is cute for VR. But when you're like actually petting a cat, you're yeah. like, oh my God, I want to die would, for you. I you want to disagree <laughs> with you because I would I would have been on the same camp as you until fairly recently i don't know if you guys have played the the hogwarts i think it's called hogwarts legacy is a harry potter game mm -hmm. but yep. they there is a i don't know what they're called but they they introduce beasts and, and mythical creatures and the first creature they introduce you and you have to like fluff it and feed it it's like this little furry Aww. ball that was like a cat and to be honest with you the moment i saw that little furry creature i bonded with it and i'm willing to die for it well, I guess so, if it's something that you can't, but yeah. it's not a real animal, like, you know, if it's like a cat in VR versus cat in real life, or if you have that like a I griffin, agree. you're never going to yes. need a real one to pet. <laughs> you know? As someone who's I going think. through this right now with little creatures, I mean, there are disadvantages to the real life things, right? Yeah. Um, Poop. Disadvantages damage. are probably, you know, the mess that they cause all over the place. Yeah, you can have like cable damage and all that kind of thing. But um, the advantages are, I mean... With our little puppy, I get to see my three-year-old run screaming down the hallway as a puppy goes with gnarling sharp teeth and takes down my three-year-old and goes for the jugular. Like, that is just, it's like a Jurassic Park that you don't get at another time of your life. So that's really fun. I did think that in chat there was a hilarious little mention here. I have to mention again, I think I called out Mad Hatter last time, so you're on for a winner, Hatter. Um, does the kitten thing have manual reloading and gun customization? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very pulse this week, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's very topical. So also, good on you. Maybe a quick note. Uh, I, I think that we're indeed, because I saw it in chat up here as well, like endorphins are more related to like activities. Uh, it's more like related to physical activity, like exercise or stimulative activities. I'm sure I got them what wrong. I think is, it's, yeah. it's oxytocin indeed oxytocin. that is related to social bonding, especially in the period after childbirth. Yeah. Wonderful. Time and Happy hormones. <laughs> <laughs> all right cat people well here you go well uh okay next up right uh again scraping scraping reddit for the best uh this is my pick of the week so if you're a fan of kayak vr but always felt held uh, felt held back from going for a dip in the ocean well there's a new experience that's just on the horizon it's a new game called subside and it's on its way and looks absolutely stunning there's a short video demonstration of Subside's ocean visuals, which feel like a massive upgrade from an older title called Ocean Rift that we enjoyed back in the day, you know, stroking eels and and like floating around in the in the murky depths with manta rays. Uh, the graphics showcase is really impressive, particularly in the fluid water, like better than Subnautica level at the best that it could do. Really impressive lighting and plant life undersea, as well as a kind of trophy hunter HUD that appears momentarily in view when you come across an, uh, an object like a collectible. 
Um, this is the power of Unreal Engine 4 coming through here. And most impressive, this is a solo dev, right, that's doing this. So the uh, developer is referred to as A2B. And on Reddit, posted under username Kenna B, uh, said the game won't be a huge game, but there will be a couple of environments to unlock and explore, stuff to find, and each environment will have night mode too, if you're brave enough for that. Because volumetric water is scary enough. Volumetric nighttime water, that's another thing. <laughs> Jose's shaking his head here. Um, you like the water? Jose? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I, 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 volume, anything like vo the thing about volumetric is that it's, it, you just say yourself like dark volumetric water is terrifying. It reminds me of the okay. ring. If you guys ever seen that scary movie where like the girl comes out of the well, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, this looks so cool. This, this just like screams like, you know, get hired by Subnautica and actually make a VR game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's I agree. the VR experience in Subnautica. I mean, I wasn't the biggest of fans, uh, but like seeing this, like, man, that I want to drink it. Like, it looks so it's... clean. I just want to drink the ocean. <laughs> Jesus. And with salt water. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, this goes back to what Adam mentioned earlier when you were, we were talking about the volumetric capture with the ghost. And I really wanted to kind of highlight that it's, we're kind of reaching the, um, like, the, I remember the, the 8 bit, 16 bit era of consoles yeah. that were using the screens capable uh, limitations to like make the graphics look better by like cheating. So we're, we're starting to see that now with VR development where one in, one developer is kind of figuring out, hey, what exactly does a player actually interact with and where to enhance the graphics where they're, we're gonna end up rendering, uh, weirdly enough, foveated rendering those kind of tricks that we're seeing on PSVR 2, for yeah. example, we're going to see them rendered useless because when you think about it, we're just using eye tracking to anchor in center of gravity to know what you're looking at. You don't need to be tracking the eyes to know what you're staring at since you already have an, a, a, a device physically detecting the movement like the gyroscope. So we're going to start yep. seeing all these weird trickeries kind of evolve and, and i love seeing you mean just making it look better and better and yeah, yeah. like we're, i love we're this. so close we're closing in on this and um, i don't know if that's if it's diminishing returns like is it going to take is it going to be 20 years from now it's still going to look like not there yet mm. i don't know um but it certainly is looking damn pretty um to me and like what rowdy said i as someone who got total pardon my French here, but blue balls over Subnautica. I never got to finish the game because of literal bugs in the game um, preventing me in VR from completing it. And I was a huge fan of that game. But yeah, if we could get a real uh, experience like that with all the terrors of the deep that like Subnautica brought, uh, I would welcome it. That said, an off-land like walking simulator like this, where you're just browsing around, kind of like what Caves RD had done with... Um, middle sander and um an australian map like i like those as well i like just like going for a walk you know just enjoying the environment and kind of like what adam was saying about seventh guest earlier that's some of the richness of what vr allows you like like uh, you know i'm sitting at home in canada or whatever and i i actually want to be in a, i want to try a different place just on for whatever let me go away for an hour, right? And mm -hmm. just and have like that little vacation. Ways that you could gamify it. Like I think Kayak VR still does it well and that there's random events that could be triggered. Like 
maybe this time you'll see a whale and her calf. Yeah. Maybe this time you'll see a turtle going on the beach. Like it doesn't have to be big things. Or maybe this time you'll find a little floaty that you've got to bring back to the ocean. Like you could do oh, little God, no. things like that. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't like the bring such, the floaties back. I got PTSD <laughs> from the bring the fa- like. It, for those who don't know, in Kayak VR, you had the these little ringed floaty animals, like in the Antarctic scene, and you had to bring it like across the map, but you don't have hands. You've just got your little kayak yeah. stick and you got the tip of your boat. And so you're basically playing like a horrible, I don't know, like perverted game of baseball uh, <laughs> coupled with floating across the Antarctic Ocean. And it's it the only way to play I, baseball. I nearly went insane. Sounds like you lack skills. You just hook it to the front of the kayak and then you just keep, as long as you don't, veer too steeply like it usually stays if it's the you know the donut ones i don't know i don't know sounds like maybe, you didn't do maybe. it right i tried I, I tried that and it just didn't work for me so i, I was <laughs> it was it was a struggle anyway a lot of things are for me are a struggle so speaking of struggles uh we previously covered a few things uh including the access controller by sony which was designed to bring accessibility to the ps5 for those with disabilities and the like and you know different needs for your controller schema um recently we got a price and more details on another peripheral the playstation portal uh, bringing this up in part because we had the pimax portal launched recently and we had facebook's <laughs> portal recently yeah so like this is another portal, right? And people can't stay away from portals. Why? Why can't we? Or why are we sticking to the same name? It's getting very confusing. <laughs> that, and it doesn't help. There's all these Pimax PlayStation the Portal. <laughs> Do you remember the original tagline for Portal, the, the 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 Valve game? Like now you're thinking we're portals. <laughs> like that's literally what I keep thinking when I see all these companies. <laughs> and everyone seems to not do so well. Well, this is a streaming handheld, which relies on the PS5 for in-home processing. So in other words, you need a PS5 buzzing away, rendering the game, streams did the thing. It's a pretty nice lo- looking little gadget, but this is where the brakes get thrown on. There's no 3.5 mil jack. There's no Bluetooth. You've got to go with proprietary audio to connect to this thing. I don't know who in hell designed that. That is such a terrible <laughs> design decision. Uh, aside from that, Uh, There's this cute little diagram, uh, which I know Adam just flashed on screen, that shows the differences between uh, this, the PlayStation Portal, and like a Switch Lite. Or even like a Steam Deck, right? If you're willing to splash more cash out for your handheld. But it's really interesting to see the value proposition when you compare side by side. And just think about, okay, well, I've got to get this thing for 200 bucks, and then I've got to get, you know, specialized kind of ear equipment uh, for more than that. And it's not going to be wired, so that's going to, both of them are going to need charges. Um, but if you're looking for a, an in, in-home, high-quality streaming handheld and you are willing to invest in Sony's proprietary audio, then I guess it's for you. But I was hoping this would be really cool because the remote play option, when you can remote into the PS5, even from, like, I did it from, I don't know, a couple hundred miles away, and it was immaculate, it was perfect. I was playing Astrobot from Grandma's house. Um I was really hopeful for this device. And now I think it's unfortunately dreams shattered. So unlike the Axis controller, which I think is really cool, really well thought out, this doesn't seem so hot. So I don't know. Hopefully there's some way they can engineer their way out of this solution. But right now for me, uh, I kind of wanted to say you're probably going to want to steer clear of that one. Oh, man. Uh, I'm excited. It, and you're a gadget head. I'm looking at that, at that comparison, and I think it's so... Un- I get it, but it's so unfortunately accidentally disingenuous because... We're seeing, you know, I, I've spoken about uh, this a lot and I it's something I'm very passionate about, which is spectrums in wireless, right? This is not a mm-hmm. remote play device. This is a 
a screen replacement that's using wireless technology. There's a reason why remote play is not even being looked at right now. This is actually streaming locally using the actual chipset that's built into your PS5 to connect to the router. It's using all of that bandwidth to stream directly to the to the portal. So you're getting actually 120 frames uncompressed graphical no fidelity, latency. no latency. Yeah. The the reason they don't they're not using Bluetooth is the reason why Bluetooth isn't recommended for VR headsets. There is a limitation of hardware and latency that comes with real-time processing. Um, we can speak about this for hours, but the, the truth, the real issue here is the big wireless dogs. We're talking about uh, Cisco and Linksys. It, this is a limitation that's being built uh, so right. high up the chain that unfortunately this is the only way that we're going to see this. The Nintendo Wii U was the first device that kind of broke this conversation where they, they untethered the cables. Intel has been trying to do this for years and a lot of networking companies are building uh, fake restrictions for this to not be a reality. So they have to pay hmm. licensing. So that's where the PS portal comes into play. It, it's really crazy stuff. Like when you think about it at a very high level, but this is not the same device as a switch. It, it's just yeah. comparing but them that, is for the at home yeah. consumer, Jose. And I'm yeah. really glad you touched on that and the Bluetooth side, because one of the things mm -hmm. that really irritated me when quest launched, I was like, guys, how can you not have... And, and I looked into this with... I forget it's called LLM or... No, not LLM. What's it called? A The low latency Bluetooth... Aptex. Aptex. Yeah. Aptex yeah. is what I was thinking about. Aptex along with Bluetooth. I think it was 6, Revision 6 or something. Like, there are standards... And I'm not trying to go too technical here, but there are technical limitations in terms of how latency is dealt with in situations that make sense for media consumption where... For example, say you're watching a, a Netflix um, TV show on your tablet and the tablet can delay the audio enough to then be in sync. So the video and what you're hearing is a delay when you're when you're dealing with real time processing in like a Quest 2, for example, or Quest 3 coming up and your head's moving around in that spatial environment and the audio has got to be perfect in 3D. Like, unfortunately, the 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 actual protocol isn't up to scratch, isn't, isn't, isn't com compatible. And I think what you're saying is they're sidestepping that with this device. My only concern then is why is the, and the answer is probably just price, but why aren't they selling this for 300, but having the earbuds that you need for it in the box? Like, why would you sell a device that literally ships like with no audio? Yeah. That's the part that I, I find as an audio guy, I mean, my son will play a tablet with no audio playing. That is never me. I am audio always. If it's muted or the audio's fact, I can't play it. And if you listen to a podcast and the audio's screwed up, yeah. you're going to stop listening to it, right? But and that's that. That's my concern with this. My reservation. I fully agree. There, there is a there is a, a reality of commercial, right? The subsidy prices and all of that stuff that they, they're going to find a way to excuse it. But the truth, of, the the truth is that. If they would have given, they would have never been able to pair this with, like, say, cheap earbuds, right? Because the earbuds yeah. will have to require an audio processor for spatial audio, right? This is a right. parody. Uh, it's a parody. It's a parody device. It's meant to replace your living room TV, right? It's going to run the PS5 graphics uncompressed at a smaller resolution 
with the audio yeah. and so they're 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 building a lot of frameworks built into this that we don't normally see happening unless you're using a wire right if, if anything the portal is showing you the next generation of what a wireless psvr3 will look like right because hang on a look, second yeah. here say hang on a second i've got i've got the ability <laughs> to take bluetooth headphones in my house walk about 100 feet away mm -hmm. and still be connected to my playstation why can't i broadcast audio via usb bluetooth dongle stuck into my playstation and use this handheld stereo yeah that's this is this that you're you're circumventing the audio you're 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 turning your spatial audio from the ps5 into stereo so there's some encoding happening this is not what they're going after they're looking for a straight i get it. replacement of the screen all of the apis that the ps5 is doing they're moving it over this is sony's version of hybrid rendering which is going to be the next big wave of we saw it with the Wii U, and we're going to start seeing Pimax Portal, ironically enough, where you're going to have two devices talking to each other with multiple form factors. That's going to be the the next wave of processing and hardware. And I think but that if I'm building... fine with my ghetto audio solution, can I not just accept stereo and get that in sync via Bluetooth and transmit the video essentially to the screen? I think I so. I agree with you. I just, it, it's, you're going to end up. I know what you're yeah. saying, right? So there's still this excitement because, because you're fighting the engineer side where you're saying, I, I've still got this kind of exciting audio evolution. And this, trust me, this is going to a VR connection here, guys. I have a couple things. Um, but I wanted to throw this out there because it's been a problem. Consumers generally don't understand why they can't Bluetooth to their headset and have it match up. And so that's why this Parody. technology and this push matters. Um, if we've just solved the problem for in-house, because I'm not going miles away, and if you don't have a mansion, like most of us, um, you'll be close enough to your PlayStation probably, as long as you have it central in your house, to have the audio sit on the toilet and play on a beautiful 8-inch screen. Yeah. Hey, I might end up picking up one of these now. You've just sold me on it, I don't know, halfway through. But um, yeah, the proprietary audio thing, it's going to be interesting where we go with that, because it feels a little bit like the Blu-ray situation we had with HD, uh, where someone's got to win out with their proprietary standard and then headsets come with and it. And I think it's fair also before. to you know to to make sure that the nerds that are listening, it is. It, it, we should definitely note and ensure that we we do make the the difference. This is three D audio that they're streaming, right? It's not Bluetooth. So you mentioned yourself like Bluetooth audio. Yeah, you get the late, but there is latency. There's real time encoding happening. There's a lot of stuff happening that if you introduce that to real time processing, it will hinder. No, like I. There's obviously there, you can make the the arguments that say hey it's only 0.003% of a performance hit but that 0.003% of performance hit when you give it to giant entities that are doing nothing but watchdogging performance they're going to kill the product for that 3% performance so this is yeah. looking to re this is looking to create that decoupled device right yeah. we might even see a media version of a psvr right that's only focused for second screening and not for vr experiences and they will be, be able cool. to use the same streaming stuff that's really what yeah. i saw here i didn't see yeah, uh, that, the, the whole wireless pipeline and all that like we we definitely should do a deep dive at yes. some point on that subject because it's something that doesn't get airtime very often and can be very interesting once you peel back the layers and make it a little bit easier for people to kind of understand it so We'll back away from that for now, but the, the connecting fiber here is that um, it's not all 
bad news for Sony controllers. Say some of you want to remote play via Steam with some friends, but you don't have an Xbox controller or like a, you know, a PS4 controller, something that you can interface with your PC. Well, thanks to user 2 pay on, uh, on Reddit, um, posted about a Steam input configuration that's possible to take your PSVR 2 Sense controllers with a cable attached to each one to the, to the machine. That's to USB-C into your, into your PC uh, with your Sense controllers. You can actually apply custom binding codes for the left and right controller, and they will act like a fused gamepad. So this is great because there's been so many times when I've wanted to play with friends remotely, play whatever, um, some multiplayer title over Steam, and I couldn't find a controller. Well, this is a really five-minute job. As long as you got the cables, you should have at least one charging cable. Sorry, I'm still chuckling at the fact that they only put one cable in the box. But if you have two, then you can connect this up, parse the launch code that you need, Steam will recognize it, and boom, away you go. And if you so happen, I'm going to remind people again, you so happen to have a 20 series uh, graphics card with Virtual Link, the USB-C port on your graphics card, plug in your PSVR 2 headset, and now you can game with a PSVR 2, a massive cinema, cinema mode screen display for whatever's on your desktop, and your game pads all being used. Have fun playing Diablo or whatever you do with that <laughs> setup. There you go. We're getting really close to having PSVR 2 at some point uh, so working close. with PC. Yeah, it's very peripheral right now, but I still believe in that dream. Um, so that's a nice freebie. Thanks again to the tinkerers out there who make this happen. Uh, if you do want to track that down because you need to get the codes, um, the post is labeled PSVR 2 controllers working just fine with Steam input. There you go. Next up, a little bit about robots. All right. So um, who here has ever explored the stunning world of District Roboto in VR chat? Any of you? Any of you seen that one? I have not. It's a, it's a, I'm on cats this week. Um, it's a, you remember uh, Stray, the popular cat video game, right? From, I don't know, last year, maybe earlier this year. I don't know. Time's going quickly. Um, well, VR chats owed to that uh, was called District Roboto. It was lovely, like Japanese back alley scenes and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's got a, a release that's uh, followed a follow-up to that release, uh, which is scheduled for later this year. Um, in the original title, you could walk streets in a Japanese backstreet setting, and it was gorgeous. You'd be up on balconies looking down. Um, the sequel, which is called Complex 7, is, again, going a step further. Gorgeous indoor and outdoor environments, um, a beautiful fusion between city and nature that you often see in, like, manga or anime. Um, and that's coming through this wonderful Unity project. Uh, the creator, Fins, who can be um, picked up on Twitter, or X if we're calling it that now, uh, at VRCFins, F-I-N-S, uh, to keep an eye and wait for the drop, uh, apparently is going to be happening later this year. So that's uh, Fins' Disc Roboto sequel, Complex 7. Man, there's like love, a, love there's a VR chat photographer that I actually follow on Twitter just because their whole thing is they go around and I guess take really nice screenshots and previews of VR mm. chat worlds that are made. And so there are so nice. I'm like, man, I just want to go into VR chat just so I can look at these worlds. Like it's, it's crazy. You'd forget that you're in VR chat. I mean, yeah. 
I don't know. Like it's, it's yes. like the, the photography nerd in me just wants to go and just like, you know, also kind of be like this photographer and just take nice, you know, landscapes. Or if you've got a really nice VR chat model, you could, you know, just, you could pose yourself in there. It's like, it's so pretty. It's amazing. Crazy what people make. Does, doesn't happen to be Andy Fidel, does it? Um, I'm not sure. Let me see if I can find it. No, no, it's not Andy. Um, okay. I think it's it's in Japanese. So I'm not sure if I could translate uh, it, but okay. if I find them, I <laughs> will. Luck. Yeah, I will yeah, post it. Well, we can include it as a comment or something in the description or something like that. Sounds good. But I agree. I st- I I took a deep dive into VR chat maybe a year ago, and man, they they took me through so many amazing worlds there. I mean, that, that that's where the metaverse really is right now. And if you want to go experience it, um, just be ready to see some some kinky shit because. <laughs> <laughs> there's some amazing worlds and uh your your eyes will widen when you see certain things but while we're on the subject of robots and future tech um we can see what was first pictured in robo recall coming to life in a stunning showcase by linus ekenstam uh there's a twitter post that shows off the composition of a live simulation from an invite only ios app it boasts auto exposure matching and looks eerily believable there's this android automaton robot sitting on a studio chair just looking around with a camera person rotating uh through what looks like just an iphone footage uh but they aren't cgi graphics it's live cast which is crazy to think and the second reel on display goes a step further walking in a local museum uh the same human-sized robot is taking in the sights and stops to shoot a bird with a dslr camera uh this is a stuffed bird don't worry it's not not shooting with a gun um and a dslr is a camera for people who don't know complex expensive camera uh it's mental how close we're getting in live generated scenes complete with complex post-processing effects like reflective shading matte surface lighting and real-time shadows Um, looking at this i remember back to when we saw this with like it was like a nike sneaker um sitting on a desk with some translucency in the rubber and i showed my wife and she said was like no no that's real i said no no no, that's 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 not real honey that's just like an ar overlay she's like no you're lying um and she just wouldn't believe it and i i feel like this is getting again close to that to that mark look at that robot man that yeah, looks so cool so i mean this, i love the light crazy for like vtubers too because you don't need trackers or and yep. the, the lighting yep. i don't know how the lighting manages to i don't know but you just and, and it's like Besides even just body tracking, but just tracking, like keeping the person at the avatar in sync with where the person is without needing a tracker on the camera. Like, I don't really understand how this is working, yeah. but it's really cool. And I think has a lot there's of... There's a lot of math happening. <laughs> that's, yeah. what I, of, that's what I'm right. thinking. There's a lot of math. I, I was actually... I, I don't know if they're using that, for, for, but I was actually watching some some graphic company that they were using AI systems and server farms that were literally tracking the sun and the global position. And they were building a pretty much like ray tracing system that any app that uses AR outside can use to automatically know where the, where the object is and using for, for lighting occlusion. So it's essentially using, yeah, it's essentially like internet for light for ray tracing light wow. it's That's crazy, crazy concepts that i was like trying my best to catch up with the conversation that i was like listening to but it's essentially they were tracking the sun around the planet and based on 
GPS coordinates, it will know where the sun rays will be happening. So if you have an augmented reality tree, it will add that API to just, yeah. Hold, hold on, yeah. hold on right there. <laughs> why, why do they need to track the sun? We can predict where the sun is going to be very accurately. Yeah. We don't, we, we have models. I mean, we can talk about this. Yeah, I think it's, real, it's, not, it's not real, Rowdy. Th those are real light rays, not just like predicted light rays. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's the difference between real time and yeah. predicted time. It's crazy stuff. I'm just a simpleton, but no, like you're blowing my mind with this stuff. I was, I love when you like bring about these, um, uh, what would I call it? That this fantastical like engineering concepts yeah. that just get plugged in. The Dude. realm of Jose. Absolutely, <laughs> it absolutely like, is. I, I listen, I'm, but it scared me. I love Dude, it. guys, I mean, this seeing this robot walk about this museum, right? It it honestly scared me shitless for a second because immediately the first time I saw it, I thought, oh god. We're Boston there. Dynamics are there. We're there. <laughs> we have walking robots that walk around. How this thing is powered, fueled, or whatever. It didn't matter to me. All I could think was just like these robots Terminator. are going to get retaliatory and we're done for. The camera like, now. It's clearly later. stronger than I am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just want to know. If... You want to what? The Ibo, the, the robotic dog that Sony does. Oh, I yeah. saw that. I love. There's a new gen one that has like the. the they, they actually reuse the PlayStation 3 CPU on those. Like, like the, the cell <laughs> CPU. They're they're nuts. Like, they're like crazy technology that people are just building for them. And that's what I want. I just want pets. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> speaking of pets and uh, cosplay and getting a lot of people in one room to do crazy things, let's board our spaceships and jet off to Germany. Uh, where Jeff Keighley, again, gave a great introduction to Gamescom, and so, so many games. Um, we are going to talk about VR, but top of the list for me, just because I'm a Bethesda boy now, uh, while not a VR title, was Starfield. Um, so good. They dropped a live-action trailer, which looks like proper feckin' Hollywood, to be honest, and had me pleading with the gods on high, a.k.a. Microsoft and Bethesda, why no VR for launch? Like, why? Why? You did Skyrim, <laughs> you did Fallout, you did Doom, fucking, come on, Starfield, let's do it. I st I'm still, like, holding out hope that on launch they're going to be like, and it's got VR, but <laughs> I know that's not a truth that I can hold on to for very long. What are we going to do? But let do? me say that... There's there's just, like, you want? there's Cyberpunk's DLC, there's Starfield, there's No Man's Sky, there's Baldur's Gate 3. Like, what are we, how, what are we going to do next month? We're all going to, sorry, podcast canceled. There's, like... Just everything. I don't know. And it's, it's all over much. games too. Gaming. When you think yeah. about it, it's really cool seeing the the the, right. the industry kind of like realizing it's like, hey, we gotta, we gotta keep our games alive. Like it, it's nuts. Starfield's the only one that I kind of see as a new one. Yeah, Starfield feels. Well, I love Behemoth projects that come along. You know that have been worked on for eons. Um, and then land, and they're literally a world to to go away to. So I'm really keen on this. Um, I don't know if I will probably do just like I did with Skyrim and just hold off until at some point they convert it into Ooh. into VR. I know it's gonna be a long way yeah. away. I know that, that's yeah, gonna that's, be yeah. Like dude. I don't even know if they will do that. Like yeah, they don't might worry, not I'll, ever. I'll talk but... about it until you end up convincing yourself to play. <laughs> there on the you desktop. go. Yeah, like <laughs> one week later. So cool. <laughs> so did they did they already release like a gameplay trailer of this? Yes, mm -hmm. there's been several. Yeah, yeah they had, okay. they had long. I haven't seen it. 
they're, they're elongated gameplay. No. It looks good. It, 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 it feels like a, a modern Mass Effect. That's the way I would describe it. I love um, that. That's why I'm asking. Which is, which is, you should, you should maybe, maybe hold off. I mean, we're not too far now from the launch to so just buy it and just fall into it. Yeah. You know, like why, why watch a trailer for something you're going to watch anyway? And VR is coming for I that game. Like, like, let's not act like it's not going to show up. Like it's one way, shape, one way, shape or form, VR will show up for that game. Like if they're doing, someone is yeah. going to do it, right? Someone is going to find a way to inject. It's going to be it, like, there's just too much fame associated with it for them not to, for, for for tinkerers and that not to go and try to hack oh, into yeah, that. Oh yeah, for sure. That that's definitely gonna happen. But is that the VR version that you want to play then? You, you know, I'm okay with halfway houses. I'm actually okay with hybrids. I know you tend to kind of rage against the machine against them, but <laughs> I am okay with triple gr- A games dinky, being VRified. VR. Yeah. Dinky VR. Dinky VR VR is good for me. Favorite game. Um, yeah, like a lot of people do a lot of great work in that regard. I think. Um, and I think it's great to like try it out to get like a feel for it for how mm. it's how it would be, um, but still like you know having something, you know, first built from the ground up or like you know first party supports. It's still I mean look at No Man's Sky. Yeah. Like, well that, that this is like, the problem that's... right? Let me say having fallen in a passionate romantic relationship with No Man's Sky <laughs> now. That the lack of VR totally stings worse than my recent venomous spider bite. Like that's. That's yeah. absolutely true. <laughs> like this is this sucks, right? This sucks to be a Bethesda fan, and it, it kind of feels like we're be, like I wasn't a Bethesda fan when Skyrim launched. I wasn't a Bethesda fan when Fallout came out, right? Like none of the titles like were launched except for their kind of VR intermediaries, and so this is the first one when it's like it's coming out, and I feel it feels like you know Elder Scrolls Six is launching tomorrow, and they've decided there's no VR support. And if they do that to me, goddamn Bethesda, I'm going to pull out a torch, right? And I'm going <laughs> to march or something. Does it make sense for to Starfield that. to release in VR right now? Honestly? Probably I not. I don't think yeah, so. I don't think no. so. I, don't think I think so. they're it's going away. It's too big. It's, yeah. it's too big because if you look at their QA team and you just go, guys, we're going to do VR too. And they go, <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't have the best you know? track record for no. having super smooth launches where NPCs aren't no, doing weird things. And so I add VR at launch on top of that. And I can only imagine what kind of chaos would happen. <laughs> right. But a year down the road, even two years down the road, uh, like I'd love to see it then. And I, I'm happy to wait. I'm a patient lad. I will wait. I will wait it while we live mods. through this living apocalypse. What? Oh. Bethesda loves mods. You mean Bethesda games love mods? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, the, the they love the modding community, right? So they like when you look at Skyrim and, and and all of that stuff. I've spoken to some people that worked on the original Skyrim VR port, and they some of them speak very highly of the mods. And I think what's happening is that they're probably going to pay attention to the mod community, how they embrace VR, what makes sense for VR. I, I think. Bethesda specifically is one of those companies that really pays attention to their to their development community, to to the modders, mm. to to how they the, you know the implementations of AI, right? Where where they implement the the right stuff for those games. I think that's the reason why we're not going to see Starfield in VR anytime soon. And I would say this this the thing with mods, right, and games that I mm-hmm. haven't seen yet. If you're, I'm going to use a weird parallel from my Elect Eng background. Um, in that if you're a farmer in rural United Kingdom and you're like, I'd like to make some money, you can put up a wind turbine connected to the grid and sell back to the grid power, 
right? And so they're kind of like saying, well, you can help power the country at the same time, make some money. We'll, we'll sell you whatever the going rate is for electricity. Why can't we have that for mods? So mods are great in that they're code that's written, developed, and all that. And without the individual who's modding being like what we've seen Valve do, hire the dev, bring him in-house, make him part of your corporate work slave drive, right? All of that. It's nice to leave the artist outside, let them contribute in the way that they want to contribute, but maybe kind of sell it back to the company, almost like the way royalties would work. I'd love to see something work out where there's kind of like an API or some kind of interactivity program where the core game code can be kept safe from code injection or security problems, backdoors and that type of thing. But at the same time, they're able to add in yeah. code. Now we have it, I suppose, in Steam, right? Because yeah. you have Steam kind of offer they're, that for games that are like work, Steam, yeah, Workshop. Steam Workshop. But that's more like an App Lab type thing where you're like, you guys go play over there, right? Yeah. You're not really connected to the main thing. Like you guys go play over there. People who want to play in the dirty swamp lands can do it. Um, Intellectual I don't know. property, I think there's probably man. a logical limiter. There, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been tried. A lot of companies have tried it, but the, it's the, the equivalent of one of the, if, for example, if you're a creative developer or a creative designer and you have an idea and you've been working on it, the worst thing you can do, and, it, and then this is actually an, a quick advice to any developers, the worst thing you can do as a developer is to pitch your idea without an NDA signed into a company because now you ruined your oh, yeah. product and your idea because let's say that you do have a good idea. It can never be legally used because you didn't submit it through the proper legal mechanisms. This happens quite a bit. Uh, people who make games and they pitch them and the, the reality is intellectual property is very hard to quality assure. So if you build the sandboxes, what happens if you create a really cool you know, product that it applies into it, but then you find out that one of your engineers was working on that. And now there's an intellectual property debate against who created it. And th it happens Thanks. a lot. It's very difficult to quality assure that even with APIs, because then you're human, like the human vulnerability of saying, Oh, I, maybe I did think about it or my, you know, the Simpsons yeah, like scenario. When, <laughs> right? when, when John Carmack pulled an oopsie and accidentally ported code from ZeniMax over to Oculus and was like, oh, oops, oopsie did daisy. I code that? Yeah, yeah oh, looks familiar. Um, so, yeah, I, thank you. That That is a very likely reason that's driving it. Um, and in addition, I saw in chat someone, uh, Ani said, accounting department nightmare. Yeah, yeah. that too. That's the, the, the money side is at least something that's maybe traceable by metrics. But yeah, IP is difficult. Um, so VR wise, Gamescom, what did we see? I'm going to fire off a couple of names. And um, if I miss anything that you guys saw, please uh, shout it out as well. OK, so first off, we saw a really enigmatic uh, sneak peek for a new game coming by uh, Fast Travel Games. We didn't get a name for it. The tweet is properly cryptic, um, but it's a new multiplayer game coming with a full reveal in September. Uh, looks to me a lot like the fun we had with Frostpoint uh, 10 versus 10 multiplayer back in the day, which then died a few months after launch, sadly. The tweet goes, the redacted have frozen time. I don't know how it's even possible. We need to work together to redact it. So I don't know about you, but back in my day, I used to dream about redacted my substitute teachers. And these days I redacted all around my neighborhood. I'm known as quite a redacteder. Uh, so suffice to say, I'm quite redacted about this release. How do you guys feel? Listen, I also like to partake on redacting. Be so listen, I don't judge here. I don't I don't judge like redactors. Shame. Shame. 
<laughs> it's weird. I don't know. How do people do that cool font in, in Twitter? Like, uh, I've never been able to. The bald? Um, the imp- we're too old for that, Zimmer. We're too old for that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I copied it into Notepad and it came with it. You know, and I was like, what? <laughs> How is that even possible? That's like, yeah, anyway, I won't go into UTC-8 and all that joy. But the other games that we saw, for example... Um, and, you know, we either announced at Gamescom or around the timing of Gamescom. Uh, Tin Hearts, which we heard about before, a PC VR and PSVR 2 title. Poignant little title about toy figures come to life. Um, Max Mustard, yes. which is a rather unexpected project. Next project from the team behind Richie's Plank Experience. Looks so to hype. be a third person adventure title akin to Lucky's Tale. Or Astrobot, very kind of Astrobot in style, you know, in terms of its styling and what it's offering. 40 levels, four bosses, eight different upgrades to change the gameplay style throughout, and that's due to release early next year. But I was taken aback by this one. I was not expecting this at all. I mean, I like my third-person platformers, just like the next VR nutcase, but um yeah, weird one. Is there going to be some point in it where it like cross references Richie's plank experience and your little characters dangling? I'm on a plank? just excited. It's got to happen. I I, I saw that game. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. I was gonna say, it's, I guess platforms and Richie's plank experience. You're on a platform. I don't know. That's about as close as a reference I could really make between the two. I don't know Richie's Max Mustard plank experience. <laughs> Richie's Max Mustard. <laughs> I, I don't know, but. I'm really interested in this game, uh, specifically because of the mm. Richie's Plank development team, like Toast. Like those guys mm, really know gaming and know VR. Like they're they're OGs when it comes to VR development. They're they've been working on this game probably for a very long time. And also, I'm a student of you know the gaming revolution, computing revolution. So the homage that they're paying attention with the character, right, which is Mighty Max, which is a DOS game, a computer. Oh yeah, early. Mighty Max. I That's that. what yeah. I saw in that trailer. I saw them looking at the generation that they're at, right? Which Richie's Plank experience. They they did a very good uh, case study game, right? Which is still yeah. used to this day. And now they were like, okay, what? Do you want to tell people? For yeah. some people might not know what Richie's Plank experience yes. is all about. Do you want to describe it? Jose? So Richie's Plank experience, I like to describe it as the best showcase of introducing somebody to VR and and family entertainment approach it is literally a plank on top of a ele- uh, elevated in top of a building and you literally walk the plank right so you look down you can also jump off they have little uh little game modes where there's like a pie at the other end of the plank and if you open it up <laughs> like spiders show up and it's a very clever quick game Right. But it works really yeah. well. They they were probably one of the first doing, you know, like the playing around with death, uh, like actual death and death. But the best but, uh, VR fail videos ever of all time. Yes. Also. Yes. <laughs> what happens if we kill the player? And that's exactly <laughs> why I'm so interested. Right. They figured out how to manipulate like yeah. perception and then seeing games like Mighty Max and then seeing the 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 push of the genre and seeing how they can build from there like it just i want to talk to the directors of the game and really the 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 trailer itself you saw off the fly character you know persistent changes reminded me of like banjo kazooie right so we're looking at character assets changing in real time and using vr trickery to you know hide the loading screen and all that stuff it's uh, it's a technical marvel. I, I feel 
I feel and, and Jose, from your perspective and, and, and the kind of perspective you're sharing, yes. I feel like because that dev team knows VR so well, I would not be surprised if there's a lot about the gameplay, the tricks and the twists that they're not revealing right now. Yes. Like right now, it's a little bit like this is a 3D platformer in VR. And you might think, because Lucky's Tale was rather simple. It didn't pull many tricks out of the hat. Um, Astrobot did, right? So, and from the look and feel of this, it's got that. But those tricks are really ingenious. And so they seem to be the right people behind the helm. I will be honest, I feel at this moment in time, without playing that game, a little disappointed because kind of like White Door Games did for Dread Halls and Cosmodread, there are these studios that do games that are at a particular niche that like no one else is doing. And I was really hoping for a follow-up to Richie's Blank Experience because it was just really fun. I mean, maybe they'd have to do something quite a bit different, but for that kind of popcorn style gameplay in VR, there aren't that many doing it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, I kind of want to see. Weirdly it. enough, that's then exactly maybe that what later. I'm very interested. Maybe come back to that later. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. You explained perfectly why I'm interested. It's why would a company that does experiences so well suddenly push to a completely different direction, mm. and also the right the nostalgic yeah. tones that they're hitting, and also the reality where once again, Mighty Max. The the reason why it was such a big deal is because they were doing a lot of processing on four kilobit system, six kilobyte RAM sticks. So they were doing a lot of engineering behind the scenes that you were getting performance at levels that nobody expected. I, I truly see them. I, when I saw that that trailer, I truly was thinking of Rare Interactive. I was like, oh, okay. I see. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That's really what I was thinking about. It's like, oh, these guys are oh trying to say, hey, we're the fun, highly technical company for gaming and I'll, dude yeah. with rare can we please have conquer's bad fur day vr please oh, i want to live that environment oh, and man. have you know little fuzzy creatures <laughs> tell me to f off and I'm stuff. Ready. that would be so good all i keep thinking is oh, the big dude. poo monster from that game <laughs> yes. mark zuckerberg was in that oh anyways all right it was whoa, that was a bit anyway uh seventh guest is the next one adam talked about it on the intro that she had. Um, so this is a PSVR 2 release coming at us. Um, an iconic mystery game brings ghosts and foreboding mansions uh, with challenging puzzles and dark secrets coming up at some point soon. Um, I think that's PC VR as well. So again, and I'm just going to rattle through a bunch of other stuff. And Quest, thank you. Um, Hellsweeper VR is coming out with their co-op bit, which looks really neat. Another weird kind of pivot title Islanders VR being published by Coatsync, the team who we know from Shadowpoint and Esper. So another kind of chill out hangout title. Rowdy usually like likes this kind of game where there's some management involved. Um, so this one looks better than what was it? Townscraper, Townscaper VR, townsman? Uh, which was like not towns, not no, not Townsman. Townsman was where yeah. Townsman's like Settlers on PSVR yeah. two like or one. other platforms. Um, Townscaper was Townscaper? Yeah, it was I where you so. were building uh, in a VR environment just these like artsy little de art deco houses and then there was nothing more to do so you it was like just coloring into a coloring book with a crayon and then looking at it and going oh yeah that was fun for five minutes now what this looks a little <laughs> bit more in depth so hopefully Islanders now obviously it's been a flat game as, as well I didn't follow it but have any of you played Islanders the flat mm -hmm. version no, oh, okay. but yeah, I think Good. this would be more an artsy, Stay pure. artsy game. So we'll see. 
We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, somewhere between those two, right? So between that and kind of like a cities type of game. Um, we also saw the Deadly Assassin game, uh, Arashi Castles of Sin, where you're, um, again, it, it's, the, it's the kind of standard Japanese assassin style game. I thought that was really, really neat. Um, Power Wash VR was there on the floor. I saw Smash Drums released a mixed reality experience. Vampire the Masquerade Justice was on show. Uh, we also saw Glass Breakers, the new multiplayer from the Moss devs. Uh, Vertigo 2 was announced for coming in October 24th, just around the corner for PSVR 2. I can't wait. I'm giddy for that one because I've been holding off. Um, Hubris was there on the show floor along with Gazzlers, another kind of upcoming release, which is looking really good for rail shooters. Out of Hand VR was there, really kooky looking game. Uh, lots of, again, platforming and doing super maneuvers in a VR space. <laughs> Breachers had a cool show floor spot. Project Demigod, which I'd never heard of before. Quantar was there again. Crumbling, the kind of comic book style game. And the one that took my eye from the show, Shadows on the Walls VR, a cosmic horror that's coming again. And thanks to, uh, uh, thanks to Adam for showing us a little bit more there in the trailer of Arashi Castles of Sin, which is looking quite pleasing. Pick so those are the titles that I noticed uh, from a from a Gamescom perspective in terms of VR. Anything that you guys think I'm I'm missing in that? There's a lot. I'm actually lot. pleased with what. Same. I mean, I, I I didn't get to go and obviously try them to give my opinions, but I it's kind of rare that I'm like, oh, I actually kind of want to try most of these. There's usually some where I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. they're like a Call of Duty VR, and I'm like, okay, we have enough. Yeah, of like that. like filler. Yeah. Oh, like filler content. Yeah, so these are actually good yeah. titles that I feel like they're all different. They've got different themes from the usual stuff we see. So I'm like, it's yeah, going to be a very expensive year. <laughs> it's <very> expensive. <laughs> it's expensive year and hopefully a successful year come Christmas time uh, for people selling VR headsets. I really, I think it's we're still moving into strengths uh, in VR is my opinion. And this show is another one. Um, I'm glad that the world is in a space now where that many devs can put on that many good booths with as much traffic as Gamecom, Gamescom gets. That's a, uh, that's the, the exciting part. I've seen so many VR companies now and publishers and development studios kind of do their own thing outside of the manufacturers. That That's yeah. really cool to see. That's, that's really inspiring. <laughs> Jeff asked me, did Zim say Giddy or Gwitty? I think the show needs a good Zim and Rowdy Gwitty. What the heck is Gwitty? <laughs> Is that a I thing? like I like it. I like it though. I think yeah. we yeah. should do more gwitty. Yeah, definitely. All right. Is I don't know what girks? it is. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely gwitty. Yeah. Get, gwitty get on with it, guys. <laughs> gwitty girls. Gwitty girls. Need need t-shirts for us the next time we're on one of these. So that's that's Gamescom. Um, looked really good. Yeah. Um, always nice to see as well the uh, uh, the VR creators running around photographing, They're hustling fun, over there, man. Laughing. They're hustling. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Total FOMO. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely we'll have to, Gamescom is on my, I don't want to say bucket list because that's way too far out. Like that's, that's on my mini bucket list, which is. Yeah, I preferred Miami. I, was, I, I got an invite. I was <laughs> like, I'm going to Miami. <laughs> I'm staying home. Oh, right. Yeah. No, man. It's... Yeah, well, is that fair that enough. Song? I'm going to Miami. Yes. <laughs> that's actually, that actually happens as soon as you land in Miami. Like they, they, they took him out for a little Stop bit, but that. Will Smith actually shows up and, and welcomes you to Miami himself. He actually wrote awesome. that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took him out a little bit. He was a little bit of a threat for a little bit, but now they, they got him back up and he welcomes you when you, when you get here. Uh, 
this is a nice. little uh this is a little low brow or i don't know what the, the the term here really is i shouldn't be giving hot air to this thing that happened oh, no. but i thought it was really good jeff jeff keely uh dealt with another stage <coughs> interruption incredibly well yeah. again i'm not going to recommend you know that you necessarily see it or put any air into this person's pockets i hate that i hate that people uh work for a year whatever getting a show like ready and immaculate how difficult that is how difficult that is as a production and then somebody just gets up and fucking gets in the way right and it, it, that goes for anyone i don't care if you're at the oscars and you want to go give someone a slap or if you're getting on stage to ask about gta 6 or whatever the case you're doing please don't do that it's it's it's, it's incredibly rude um is is by he flipped it, it show... so good on on the on him he was it's like he made that's the... what and that's that's what i'm saying right so having a person who's I, i've seen him on the on the block around uh gdc he was just standing outside of a place i didn't go up I generally if, if i see a celebrity i don't go up and introduce ask for a signature get a photo i'm just fine just seeing them and being like wow that's a real person that's cool that's enough for me and he was he was like a ninja it was so cool he was ducking and weaving with the microphone and just props to Jeff. Keep being a legend. Um, he just does these shows with what looks to be no effort whatsoever, but he's such a pro. So <laughs> I, I had to get that, look that up. I don't think. I've yeah. Seen the that the worst part. part is that I, I, I feel exactly like you, but I hate like there is at the end of the day, a talent to try to be funny when you're trying to be chaotic and disruptive because the, the guy interrupts Jeff Keighley by screaming that Joe Biden wants to play Grand Theft Auto six and it's such an absurd thing, exactly. It's like it's, and it's so absurd that I'm like, it almost made me chuckle, but also feel bad for what's happening at the moment. It's just like, but at the same time, it's like, wow, if I if you only had like two seconds to interrupt somebody, say something incredibly stupid, that would That's probably what you chose. Be, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this was your moment, and you said this. That was his moment. <laughs> what I really want to see. Is I want someone to try that shit somewhere like the Middle East, like put on a games convention or something. <laughs> and and I just want to see like, you know, stupid. I, I'm a white guy, so I can see this. I want to see stupid white guy in dumb T-shirt get on stage <laughs> and someone come up and just just take a leg out with a sledgehammer. Oh, That's man. what I want to see. And then I want that plastered over the Internet and I want it never to happen again. That's what I want. Yeah. Sorry, I'm very violent when it comes to I'm these things. You. I'm with you. I it's so there's rude. just nowhere for it. Try do that. It's Try doing a, that to a startup that like spent, you know, their all of their last cents in marketing to get on that stage and you just sabotage them. Like they're lucky that they interrupted. <laughs> Literally, it was Starfield, right? Like they're lucky it was yeah. that and not some small, you know, startup because they, it could have resulted probably differently yeah. like you're describing. Exactly. Now, and, and now since we're talking about stage interruptions and, uh, you know, um, Let's let's talk to the other thing that Zim's pet pet peeves, and that's leaks. So, Quest Three, lo and behold, has another unboxing leak. Right, the thing looks exactly like we've seen it, you know, portrayed by the company and what they've shared before. Um, it shows again clearly no tracking rings like we were expecting for the new controllers. A white black kind of setup, very similar to Rowdy's desk. Obviously, he's trying to get sponsored by Meta, um, and the strap. From the Quest really? Two, is back. Oh God, um, I, I can just I can just hear Mike crying right now because his head was <laughs> really suffering. If you don't have hair, those straps are not kind. Um, 
Clearly there's gonna be another Elite Strap or something like that for changing out the headband. This is just in the box. I'm okay with the modular design from the Quest 2 and all that, we'll see how that goes. But in addition to this little unboxing video that we saw, we also, thank you Amazon Canada, uh, and Iron Bug VR, another VR person, um, spotted an Amazon release citing October 10th as the release date that makes sense. for the headset, which makes total sense, right? You announce it at, at Connect, you say, hey, it's open for pre-orders or it's going to be open for pre-orders on X date and you can get it October 10th, right? Just like a couple, uh, couple of weeks out from that. that. That just sounds totally viable and Amazon have slipped up so many feckin' times. Uh, this looks realistic. Now, there's not too many details in here that I would say are particularly arousing, um, but they there is the name Touch Plus Controllers. I think that was confirmed before, but this one reinforces that. Um, they, they talk about the strap customizations for maximum comfort. And I got to be honest, to old Zim, that sounds like you're telling me low fat or high quality merchandise. Like I am not buying it. That strap is not comfortable. That strap is cheap, but that's the point. You want to keep the price down. I get it. Um, the one thing I am thinking, however, now that we're talking about Quest 3, having gone through, you know, the No Man's Sky experience of how beneficial eye tracking and dynamic foveated rendering can be, my God, I'm feeling right now, like from a design perspective, ugh, someone, someone messed up. I don't know how expensive it would be to have have eye tracking, or if they felt like meta tracking eyeballs isn't a good look for them right now, because you know the press will go to town with that in terms of eye tracking. They're getting ready for ads and yada yada. I still think they should have rid that wave through and brought eye tracking in to the headset. Mm. I'm curious, Jose, mostly about your opinion on that, because yeah. Quest Pro, obviously that was their splash on let's do everything engineering we possibly can in a headset right yeah. now. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on should it have eye tracking? It shouldn't. Um, um, Quest 3. We, the processing okay. on the headset itself is not capable. The the reason the PSVR two is making that look really ah. good is because of the processing. There, okay. there is. I think that if 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 you look at it from a development perspective, you can easily create the same tools that are tracking what you're gazing at by just tracking what you're looking at without tracking the eyes. So whatever the screen is looking, you can render that higher. The eyes is just extra levels of trickery, but that extra levels of trickery requires higher levels of processing. So it's a trade-off. Um, you're not going to see the benefits of high level fidelities with eye tracking on an all-in-one headset. They're just, right. yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about yeah. that, that, that on a mobile processing, that, that, that might be a problem. Uh, one thing that I just saw chat reacting to if you're seeing the Canadian dollar price on Amazon Canada and it's like $650, that's not the US dollar price of the headset, okay? So we're still looking at, I think, 499 or 500 bucks. Also, yeah. is, it, is this- In the lower memory configuration, I imagine, yeah. So are we gonna call Canadian this dollars a... are scary. <laughs> Rowdy and I will absolutely tell you that's, that's absolutely fact. It's monopoly money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And you get taxed on top of it. So it gets even worse. Like like a, a Quest 3 headset, like with the proper memory config, is probably going to set me back 750 or 800 Canadian dollars, oh, which is just God. like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be. Are we going lovely. to but comfortably anyway. say this is a leak? Like this was not, I don't see this as a leak. It doesn't look like a leak. It doesn't showcase itself as a leak. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's hard to say because it's like, 
I feel like maybe it could be because it's so close that enough people maybe have them by now where it's possible. So it's not a surprising leak. But as far as intentional, like Meta's like, here, go make a video about this. I don't That's know. what I think. But again, but like, I agree being... with I agree exactly. with Jose on it's this so because they, this, the timing. I feel like the project plan for releasing the Quest Pro had the same leak from some unknown person, make it believable, with a with a Jack Crusher. story. I think there's exactly yeah. the same here. It feels timing like timing is very interesting. Five weeks out. <laughs> That's yeah. Why. And the other the other thing I've not seen is like. Yeah, what happens after the the leaker? Like, what happens to the leaker? Again, the same. This is exactly Nothing. the same idea. Like, they're going to. It's exactly the same thing. Anything. This is to. This is to 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 uh deter the Bloomberg's and the big, the 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 the, the news companies with deep pockets that are willing to convince a small developer to let them see the headset. I, I, okay. I by by I pushing know. this out there, what else could could Bloomberg reveal or these other news agencies until Meta's announcement. Like they're it's what it's it's one of two things though, right? So either it's intentional marketing. Fair enough. Some tech companies do it. Or it's some asshole who's gotten access early who takes a quick video and posts it. And you gotta be pretty damn confident in yourself to do that because in the age of technology, like IDing you through your hands or the video, the box, this like there's so many ways to slice it. Even so far as the headset itself, if it's connected to the net, might have a footprint that they can align it. When this device was being turned that way at that timestamp, you just got to be fucking careful can, you, though. If you're going to do that, I have seen stuff. people on TikTok that are dancing be in front of a white wall. And, pe- and literally commenters are like, "Oh, you're in such place. This is the exact time you did it." Because, like. There is no such thing as a leak in this world anymore. Like, I don't believe it's a leak. I I refuse to to believe it. It is 100% controlled. This is... Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of it anyway? I mean, is there anything in this that surprises you? I mean, it's the same cardboard box. Headset's in the same orientation as previous headsets. It just looks like a Quest 2 that's been upgraded, right? Yeah. So, if it is a leak, it's uh, a pretty boring one, in yeah. my opinion. That's pretty why boring. I don't see it as... I don't see it as... If it was a leak, that guy would have been, oh, bro, check this out. Or filming in the headset. Yeah, like, maybe in, in the, the headset, headset view, Come on. Yeah, yeah like, they will show Un- everything. Unboxing. Like, they will take Mark's... Th- Wouldn't just thunder. be a tease. Yeah. It'd be... The yeah. whole thing, there'd be a Reddit post with it under a new name ID. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All the UI and stuff. I'm, I'm on board with that. Is there anything about Quest 3 that's really disappointing you, given the price point where it is packaging-wise? Because I'll say eye tracking isn't a dis- disappointment to me, in particular now that Jose described. But is there any feature, facet, look and feel design, any aspect of the headset that right now has you second-guessing getting one, for example? Messaging. That's right. right. The, the head strap, Rowdy? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm probably going to do the same thing I did with my Quest 2 and get like a powered one anyway. And at least yeah. I can choose which yeah, strap that I, I want to go with. And I, I, there. I do like, I mean, like for a company that brands itself so much like Apple, oh. I kind of wish that they would also do that with their product then. Mm. Like if they, like that they come something that is out of the box ready and premium and mm. feels like the way that oh, like, like packaging wise you having yeah the pack i mean i think the packaging is 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 okay but like 
I'm, I'm talking about if you say like, oh, if you really want the premium experience, then you need to buy the extra head strap. You need to buy extra headphones. You need to buy, you know, this and that. That's Apple though. Extra outside of, outside of the product. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I feel like they, like such a nice device that comes with a cheaper head strap or something that is like, it's something you're going to be wearing the entire time, right? It's something going to be on your head, on your head. for a very long time. So I, I really wish they would go for something a little bit more premium feel there as well. Because I don't think it would make it that much more expensive. I'm not saying like a, a power bang in there or something, but something that at least is comfortable when you put it on. Yeah, I'm with Rowdy yeah, I'm with I'm there. With um, I think that the problem right now is the VR market. And they don't. the problem is they don't have a competitor to influence them to make that decision, to make it that bump more expensive. So right now it's just cost. It's yeah. just get cost out of the out of the device. And honestly, the reason I'm more with Rowdy now is for Quest 2, for 299 US dollars, I can accept a shitty head strap. For five hundred dollars? Yeah, and, and also I mean I I get it, you know, they want to keep costs down to boost more, you know, people adopting this kind of device, you know, regardless which headset it is. But like, I think they need to step off the idea of like, we want to have like 1 billion people in VR by this date. <laughs> like step off from that, step back, say, okay, we're a niche market. Messaging. We're going to yeah. to that specific niche. We're going to deliver premium quality experiences. And ultimately, I think personally, people will come. That is not the strategy that they've been using. 100%. That's the reason why they made the quest cheaper. It's just not really the strategy that, that I personally believe in i like going mobile i like that that to remove you know the the pc i like that because it, it creates accessibility but i do want them to not dish out comfort or just say you know like oh we need to make it as cheap as possible for you know this level of standard well i would like them to see you know just a little step above that make the device a yeah. little bit more expensive yeah. give a if premium, i might because then you, you you cater to that niche more, I think. Just just adding to that, Rowdy, um, I think every time I touch a quest, I want it to feel like a quality experience. Like anytime you go to a dev booth, anytime, you know what I mean? Like there shouldn't be the, the, the cheap feeling and then the upgraded feeling. Like you shouldn't feel that disparity necessarily. Yeah. It's fine if you've got, like what you're saying, an established standard, which is good enough, but it needs to pass the good enough test. And then beyond that, you're fine. I agree. It goes back to messaging. I Good think call. Meta and, Ocu and the entire brand, they should own up to, to tell their audiences exactly what their goals are, right? Because they're going after, they are, are going after uh, multiple verticals of adoption, right? And that's why and that's frustrating. it, it I find truly that, is. I saw that. I, I saw that the last connect, I saw that again, where mm -hmm. they're like, they're catering to an older, older audience with their titles, yes. but they're branding it as if it's like aimed at 12 to 14 year olds. Yes, they need to be <laughs> honest. Like it's like, it's these conflict mm. signals that I'm getting the entire time. Oh, we're going to make a yeah. very expensive headset, but we're going to attach, uh, or we're going to make a medium tier headset and we're going to attach a cheap strap yeah. to it. Like I, I, I still like, more like, for example, what Valve did, and they uh -oh. they they got a lot of users because of that, because they aimed it as this premium device, it's the best that you can get on the market. We've not saved any cost on anything, and 
I like that approach a little bit more if you cater to a niche market. That's just, I mean, 100%. that's me personally. Like, I no, don't you're know right. That probably people disappearing, uh, disagreeing with me, maybe disappearing as well if they disagree too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly believe that there there has to be, I, I truly believe if Mark is going to be the one always headlining these events and talking about these products and the roadmaps, they should be more honest about what exactly their ideal target user is because... You, we, we talk about eye tracking. These are expectations now that are coming into the conversation when in reality they go against clearly the the, the roadmap that Meta's going after, right? We shouldn't be expecting high-end innovation mm. from Meta. They're, they're trying to build a separate uh, branch in their company called, I, I don't know, is, is it Reality Labs what they call it? But they're trying to separate oh, their high-end vision from the actual core of the company for that reason. They're going after the cell phone replacement. They're not going for computers. Yeah, but in terms of the tiering as well, yeah. there, there's something that gets me with the tiering, right? So they're still having, Quest 2 isn't going away. They're still selling it. They're selling it at that 300 price yeah. with that strap. And then you're telling me that the next step up for nearly double the money has the same strap. And if I spend a thousand bucks or whatever, I get like a Quest Pro that looks like I'm in Star Trek or whatever. Like it doesn't feel tiered in the appropriate way to me. So Rowdy, great call on the strap. I think we should keep moving because I, I do want to finish <laughs> the podcast off in 20 minutes if we can. Um, Adam, what about for you? What's the one thing that that's your concern or might hold you off on the headset type of thing? I'm not sure yet because I think it's it's a big enough okay. jump between the Quest 2 for me because I didn't have a Quest Pro. Maybe if, it would be different if I had a Quest Pro. I'd be like, eh, it's kind of the same, but kind of worse. But big enough of a jump where I can't see too many of the downsides for me personally. But, you know, mm -hmm. until I try it, then I may have some complaints. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Rowdy's definitely yeah. fired me up on this strap one. Uh, what about you, Jose? What, what what's, what's the one for you? Oh, man. Um... I really want to. I really want to see what their mixed reality uh, demo is going to yeah. be like. I, I truly, like Adam said, there's not a big jump for a Quest Pro to the to the Quest Three. Um, there's not much of a significant jump, so I would like to see what exactly their why why there's no eye tracking, right? Why are they they're doing the cost there? I am really curious. What there has to be a performance gain outside of the strap i don't i'm scared of what talking too much but the people that have tried the quest 3 they're they're talking about very significant performance boosts um I'll, good. yeah so i i truly don't know yet um someone in chat was mentioning storage i think storage is an interesting one again another price piece but i would tend to agree um, we talked about medal of honor before which was a 45 gigabyte game uh, when you installed it on your 128 gigabyte headset you know you could fit two and a bit titles, um, maybe three if you were lucky. Mm -hmm. So uh, 256 gigabytes of onboard storage seems right for that kind of headset that's standalone today. Um, I think a 128 SKU is fine as a budget model, but I don't know. You have to know what you're getting, right, at that point, because games are getting larger, more complex, more detailed. The, the problem will exacerbate over time. And if you're, if you're looking at a device to live for three years... 128 is pretty tight, even on a phone these days. You know, like I prefer a 256 when when I'm starting off there. Um, for, me, <laughs> for me, I've got one thing, uh, which is which is I'm inherently nervous as an FPS gamer in their tracking solution 
which is compounded by the fact that lately Meta came out with a, a point. They're like, hey, we revised our hand tracking. Our hand tracking is now is almost as good as a controller. I am scared of that message because I feel like from an engineering perspective, they're like, you got to be ready for launch. They've been beavering away at it, right? Or badgering away at it, Adam. Um, <laughs> and getting to the getting to the stage where they're like, okay, we've made improvements. And let's be honest, Meta have done fantastic R&D on all the software stuff. They're a great software house. But I'm really nervous that the inherent difference between like hard tracked with light, you know, and interpolated movement when it can't see tracking dots and you're moving out of the, and it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel human. I remember very distinctly what the PlayStation VR one light orbs felt like. And the, some games made software leaps like Beat Saber, which made it feel like, hang on a second. I, I didn't hit that note. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, were, you knew you weren't that good. And I'm worried that sniping down a sniper rifle scope, that the kind of, highly sensitive motion like is going to be noticeable discernible to us vr pros right people who play with vr all the time go game to game and can tell headset to headset <laughs> I, mean, I, I do need to say because yeah. i know that they used to say that about um you know playing with a mouse versus playing with a controller uh, because right. you have far more accuracy with your mouse than you do with your controller but it kind of has turned around in some competitive games. Like I, I have some friends who play Halo competitively mm -hmm. and they only play with controller because the controller has some sort of like, uh, like I wouldn't call it like an aim assist, but it's like, it's, it, it is assisting it is aim in the aim. So it is, it is kind of like helping out. So they get a little bit of a competitive edge when they play with a controller now versus yep. when they play with a with a mouse. So I do think that even in pro scenes, those kind of things will have a place, uh, but it's very hard to get it tuned. Yeah, I and to be honest, we're, we're, we're again, another VR generational leap away from something like the moves, which was awful, right? It was just light base tracking and about as low tech as you could possibly go. Uh, those had even released well before Project Morpheus and PSVR 1 came out, right? So I recognize I'm stepping probably 10 years <laughs> from that to now. And for the majority of use cases, they'll probably feel absolutely fine. But I am a, the kind of guy who, you know, when it comes to audio, it's the fine detail. When it comes to my VR experiences, it's that like 2% uh, that makes it feel great. You know, it's, it's the thing that on PSVR 2, when you get the frame interpolation, it's just not where you want it to be. And I, I don't want it to feel that way for a new headset. So I think that's, we'll see where it goes. I hope they, I think that you know? I really think they need to stop that messaging. I, I think what you're describing <laughs> is not going to show up from meta ever again. That's the reason why they introduced something mm. really cool. And then because they have to make a return on the development costs. So it's much more than the head strap. They have to make a return on all of that R and D that they, they introduced, you know, wireless positioning for devices and then they strap it and then they got rid of the rings because they, they they're always have to make a return. So I think that what you described, which is a, a, a forefront in how tracking is done, once they figure that out, they immediately found an excuse to make the previous thing cheaper. So they're going to go with that. So that's kind of what they're doing right now. They're recycling old tech. Like, I would be surprised if 
the next headset, the, the MetaQuest 4 might even introduce like original, you know, OLED and things like that as it gets cheaper to to produce. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes total business sense, right? So to make that kind of an evolution, right? Like, and, and you're talking about the Leap to Quest Pro where we had controllers that were doing onboard processing with cameras tracking and it unfortunately bumps the price and complexity and number of things. It was a neat engineering solution. Um, I'm glad that they've found something cheaper and that doesn't have tracking rings because it solves other problems. We just have to wait to feel it, right? Until it's in my hands, I, I won't know. Um, and for those who are unaware, right, there's a MetaConnect event coming up in September. So keep an eye and ear out for that. The keynotes are always really good to watch. You can usually watch them on the internet. Sometimes they open them up to VR uh, as well if you're really keen to be in your headset and watch it that way. I've always found it to be a little bit of a shit show if you, if you try it that way. So... Um, YouTube on desktop is normally how I'd watch those things if I'm not there in person. Um, and that's it. We'll have just in two podcasts, a hell of a lot more info for you on, on that stuff. Um, so with that, I think it's a good time to turn to Jose, give him time for his own personal keynote and showcase, and he can dial you up on releases you might've missed. All right. So I haven't done releases for like the last three episodes. So I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit of a catch up for the last four weeks and then two weeks ahead games that stood out for me in, in some research. Full transparency, I have not played any of these, but I did some research and looked them up. You guys probably have talked about them, but starting up with Reese Project, uh, released, already released. It looks like August 1st release date. It is a PC VR game. Um, the reason it stood out to me and I wanted to mention this one, it's $14.99 on uh, the Steam store. That's about 11 pounds. It reminds me a lot of a progression of point and click adventure games, right? Where if I, I wanna, in the, in, it's in the trailer where the character grabs something and goes like, "Oh, I don't need this right now. What can I?" It, it reminds me of point and click. Um, yeah. Oh, I love the, like the longest journey, yes. like those so kind good. of things. Like, yes. So good. It, it's. I love that. And the graphics look really cool. It's a, it's it's kind of noir. It, it looks like it. It's like a point and click adventure set in Half Life Alex's world. Which is uh, I am so glad you're featuring this, dude. Yeah. I used to love that stuff, mm-hmm. like everything um, from um, there I, was, I still uh, do. there was an Indiana still, Jones uh, one, yes, like Day of the yes, Tentacles. Yes, exactly. man, there's so Memento. many. It's great. Memento, Memento, so good. Um, oh my god, yes, yeah. perfect. So you have, that's uh, what I this. Yeah, yeah, I love that. This is exactly what the trailer made me think of. Huh. Just the, uh, did you see her grab a flashlight? Goes, oh, I don't need this. Maybe if I, you know, just seeing the character. Not necessarily talk to you, but you're hearing what they're thinking in their head, thus helping you. Um, but yeah, that's why haven't we seen more of this? Uh, like, why? That's really interesting because, like, I feel like that doesn't seem like a huge logical leap for a dev, a dev to do. Mm-hmm. It seems like it would be hella fun. And yeah, why have we, we have, why have we haven't seen more of that yeah. in the last ten years? I don't I don't understand. It stood out to me. Maybe there's a game I'm maybe maybe there's the game that I'm just like totally missing out yeah. on, but like something like a shadow point where maybe it's narrated and it's not popping up in text prompts. And that's why I'm not connecting the dots, but I feel like that must and have also been the, done already. the intention of the game, right? Where this one feels like a straight up actual adventure game. And, and that's really hmm. what, why kind of like it stood out to me was the interaction and then the story narrative. And also the fact that the trailer is just like a gameplay, right? Which I was like, okay, I know, I know what they're doing with this. They don't want to reveal too much. And so, yeah, so that's the Reese project released on August 1st, uh, PC VR. That's 1499, 11 pounds up next. I have, we, we spoken about this one quite a bit. Um, VR skater, um, steam early access, 
Hell yeah. 1999 Hell yeah. Steam, about 15 pounds. Uh, released on the 4th of August for $34.99 US on PSVR 2. That's about 27 pounds. It's, you know, tech deck dude, you know, in VR, right? Which is finger skating. It's Tony Hawk. It's you got something to say about this thing? Because I know you're, you're enjoying it. I, dude, I, <laughs> I spent, I think, seven hours or something in that game, like falling on my ass again and again and again. What you don't get if you just look at it is that game is just as exhausting as Gorilla Tag. Mm. <laughs> and because the motion with your hand to constantly basically be um, running your deck, and then you've got these like little nuanced motions with your hands to do the kick flips and the ollies, the grinds. And you, when you start to get it all going, and as I said, in one play session, I still felt like I was starting not to master it, but to get good enough that it wasn't frustrating. You know, like Mirror's Edge, if you're doing yes. runs, it just, it, I just nope out of that kind of game normally. This one, it was like the perfect amount of like breadcrumbs to like, and success to make me get that hit of like, dude, this is sweet. They've got a cool soundtrack. The levels are really fun. Levels are a little small if you're used to more like a Tony Hawk Pro Skater's style um which i was a huge fan back in the day but vr skater if you even basically like the premise or you were a tony hawk fan then this is definitely something you should go and buy um it's super cool i mean jumping between <laughs> skyscrapers on a feckin' skateboard Jeez. and seeing like a drop of like literally like <laughs> i don't know 20 floors it's insane and to pull that off the bales are super fun Ah, uh, it's 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 very very easy. It's just very Moorish that game. Um, it is one thing that I would say is when you get into VR Skater, learn it, and then like stick with it because the motions and everything are they're like riding a bike for the first time. But but when you get them, they make a lot of sense. It's a really ingenious control scheme because I was really worried it would feel awkward. It's it's very well designed. If you like skating at all in in, in video games. Uh, and you're worried about skinning your knees in real life, then that game is absolutely for you. Yeah. I love it. Great, great, great spot. Yep. So up next, well, yeah. So that was VR Skater, 1999, uh, 15 pounds. And on PSVR 2, 34.99, 27 pounds. Um, up next, I have Battle Talent, uh, release date, August 18th. Uh, so on the Quest 2 on App Lab, uh, it's uh, 1999 US. That's about 15, 16 pounds. Uh, the reason I selected this one, it reminded me of Sirento, but with a procedurally generated uh, approach to it. So it's essentially, you know, every single time, you know, you mentioned Mirror's Edge, right? <laughs> it's Mirror Edge and in, in, uh, what's the other one that's like, uh, I forgot the name of it. It's huge. Uh, Elder, uh, Elden Ring. That's what it is. Oh. Elden Ring. Yeah, it's oh, like Elden, Elden Ring, Ring and Mirror's exactly. Edge and just kind of in VR, which is you're moving really fast and doing a lot of attacks and... The more, I think it has a combo meter for you to track down. The trailer is pretty, pretty awesome. A lot of uh, high cool uh, attacks um, happening. Um, there's like a near the tr end of the trailer, you just see this guy doing like a cool charge Jesus. into like a <laughs> hurricane sword attack, which looks too. <laughs> It looks sick. It's so fast. It, like, it reminds me of like my Quake days. Yes. I don't know that I have those reaction times anymore. I don't think and anybody to be able to does do that in VR. VR. And is that big looming like shadow creature at the end? Is that a boss I or think something? Because so. that looks pretty yeah. cool. Like like serious Sam scale, mm -hmm. like huge. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're playing yeah. around. It, it looks like to be like a, a, a bus rush in corridors 
Um, so that stood out to me. Definitely looking to play that one as soon as possible. Definitely, actually, it's already downloaded and purchased of all the games I'm listing here. <laughs> nice. that, already, that was already says downloaded. And so, yeah, so that is Battle Talent. It is $19.99. Uh, it's a PC VR and App Lab game. That's 15 pounds. Up mm. next, I have this one I'm really excited about. It's called Bounce to the Beat. Um, Bounce to the Beat. Yeah, and the reason I, I, that's the that I picked this one, it looks like your oh. typical Beat Saber copy game, right? But what stood out to me about Bounce to the Beat is there's a really fun mobile game called Puzzles and Dragons that I'm like highly addicted to, which is a puzzle Tetris game, but you also collect monsters, and these monsters have modifiers and combos that essentially... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, hang on, hang yeah. on. What, what's the name of that? It's called Puzzles and Dragons. It is... Puzzles and Dragons. Tetris or Dr. Mario, but also with like a Monster Rancher Pokemon vibe to it where you're solving, you know, basic uh, bejeweled type of puzzles, but you also have these monsters and they do multipliers. You also have to, you get into these bus rush modes where you're fighting other oh, monsters. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm getting a feeling like you need a pet. Yes. <laughs> because there's like, oh, dude. <laughs> as you can baby tell, dragon I am end. lacking having a pet. So I'm looking for any, any connection with a virtual being as I can, because I'm so busy. But Ooh. yeah, so it's Beat Saber, but you also collect these monsters that add multipliers to you. So huh. you're you're leveling up, but you're also fitnessing into it, playing Beat Saber. Also, the graphics look pretty badass. It's also multi-platform. Is it is it is it box to the beat? Box is the title. It's box to the beat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not M to the beat. Not M to the beat. It's box to the beat. <laughs> but um, it's multi-platform. It's on P uh, PSVR two. It's on Vive port. It's on Steam, it's on Pico, and on the Quest 2. Um, so it looks like they're going after the, the multi-platform attack. Um, so yeah, so that's Box to the Beat. Release date, August 22nd, PCVR, App Lab, 1999 US, 16 pounds. And up next mm. is Bounce Shot, Bounce Shot VR. It is pretty much, <laughs> it is essentially beer pong um, in VR. I know there's a lot <laughs> of people that have done this. The reason that I loved um, specifically Bounce Shot is because it's using Meta's... Uh, Canada. Uh, Sorry, Canada. I said Ontario, Canada. So I'm like, hey, there you go. It's your game there now. You <laughs> but um, they're using Meta's uh, avatar system, right? So that adds some scalability. It, like, it goes to show that oh. the game is meant to upgrade as you know the avatar systems start introducing more features. I definitely recommend people try this game because... There's some stuff there that maybe could hint at maybe legs coming into um, VR eventually by Meta. I, I don't know. But that's uh, Bounce Shot VR. Um, it is, I think it's a free game. Let me make sure of that. No, it is $9.99 US. That's seven pounds. And it's on the Pico store and on the Quest store. It looks like it's kind of going into that for VR or for VR yeah. um, territory. So those kind of like call them social party parties games yep. where you get you know two people three four people together and just play some I'll, I'll be perfectly honest this is very anti-american but every time i see one of those goddamn plastic red cups i'm like <laughs> not a, not again <laughs> like you'll be watching a perfectly curated beautiful like beautifully shot like hollywood film yeah and all of a sudden there's some reference to these goddamn like garish 
red cups. Red it's like, cups. Come on, who still keeps red? I mean, maybe you all do. It's marketing. Maybe it's like cheap cups. <laughs> it's marketing. Red solo oh, cups. They made a song a about glass. it and everything. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's really yeah marketing. <laughs> try some try some different colors, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Not to be anti-red, right? Now. And the last thing I wanted to mention, and we fortunately spoke quite a bit about it, but I I really hmm. want to highlight it. Also, it's No Man's Sky update, right? The uh, the yeah. VR overhaul, it, it's absolutely significant. It's its own game. Zim, you mentioned it earlier, and I'm very glad you did. But also just looking at it from, that's how I love looking at games nowadays, is from the technical perspective, the the, re, the re-engineering work that went behind the scenes to that game to make it an actual VR game rather than a VR injection, which it was the original VR. It, it's really cool to see that. So it's important that we highlight people pulling, putting in the work on a AAA perspective. So I, I wanted to mention No Man's Sky as like an honorable mention at the end. Such a 180, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they really fell out of the gate on their face at the <laughs> yeah. beginning. And to see where they are now, and I, again, I'm going to say this again because you've not been in headset with it yet. It's bloody alien heaven. It is so cool. And the fact that you can socialize in there and so easily... Yeah play and talk with other players and trade resources. Oh, man. I was riding an alien donkey yesterday. It doesn't get better than that. I might have to get it. These are the kind of games that I love. And he, I have it on the uh, PC, but to hear you talk about it on the PlayStation, and I haven't picked it up in forever. It's, Damn it. Yeah. It's too much and, money. And, 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 and riding alien donkeys oh. is like actually one of my favorite pastimes. So like, I, I wish I would have mentioned that earlier. So I'm, I'm definitely... You get in. companions, you get pets, oh, you bring man. them along oh, for no. a ride. You can name them, you can customize them. The fucking, It's great. God. There's so many aspects to this game. And it's half off until the end of the end of the month. So you got like, what, four or five days now? If you're here on the audio podcast, do it now because it's probably nearly the 31st. There you go. That's it. Jose, that was great. Can you give us a recap on the names Absolutely. of the games? Absolutely. So starting all the way at the top, I mentioned Project Rees. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. R-I-E-S-E. Um, that released on August 1st. PC VR, $14.99. 11 pounds. Up next, I have VR Skater. Really, uh, already out. August 4th, $34.99. 27 pounds. PSVR 2 game. Um, next, we have Battle Talent on Quest 2 App Lab. 1999, 15 pounds. Then we got Box to the Beat, released on August 22nd for 1999 and 16 pounds. Then we have Bounce Shot VR, which is VR uh, VR beer pong, August 24th. That's 9.99 and seven pounds on the Quest Store and Pico, and the No Man's Sky update and the PSVR 2 update to to highlight the most. So. Should be it. <laughs> Sounds great, Jose. That was a good run. Thanks for catching us up. Appreciate that. It's great to have that. Um, chat, I'm going to say a big thanks again to our live viewers here today uh, who listened back and uh, those on the audio podcast. Uh, this is honestly, with all of you uh, in tow, like this is such a fun time to be alive for these techno- technological changes that are coming. Like we're just, it's just wave after wave. Uh, and man, I bet this is what it felt like to be Mayan. You know, just before they released that buggy sun calendar 2.0 and ended the world the first time. Um, I feel like we're, we're, we're right in there. So let me remind you of the show times for those who maybe are new to the show. This is the F Reality Podcast. We run fortnightly every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch to a live audience. Um, 
The broadcast goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. So God save the king. For our listeners, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes get launched during the week with our audio version of the podcast that Rowdy pieces together with snippets of our sultry voices following the live show by a couple of days. And if we have uh, potential sponsors out there or potential guests, please write into us at contact at freality.tv. Perhaps you'd like to shower our audience with a Christmas cracker of a campaign or come rap with the best show in the biz. Our guest spot after more than a year now together should be active before year end. I'm going to give us that deadline and we'll work it out and get people flying in <laughs> so you can see some faces <laughs> who aren't just us. Uh, with that chat, thank you all for hanging with us while we're there. Um, I hope you enjoyed our company. We certainly appreciated yours. And I'll tell you what, we'll catch you here on the next episode of Baby's Got Back. What? I'm, I'm co- <laughs> cosplaying as a, as a dictator now, guys. I've just renamed the show, so uh, no soup for you. No soup for <laughs> any of you. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, now F off. Go on, guys. Bye. Bye.